Attention. Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking high? Yes, I am. Asshole face man. You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh, my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't want any more bullshit any time during the day from anyone. That includes me. It's going to be very hot, going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. Want anybody yelling. We get anybody yelling around here anymore today, and then the shit is going to hit the fan. Well, (laughs) the shit has officially hit hit the the fan. fan. Welcome to episode 105 of The Lotus Effect with a... Yeah, um, which is professionally titled Reality Distortion Field. God, my, I need I need some distortion right now because my reality ain't so great. <laughs> I'm phone boy, and that was my opening clip, so I'm not going to play it again uh, because, yeah. Yeah, he totally botched yeah. that shit. Yeah, you that's... Know. I'm so fucking over this. I'm Phoenix. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we... Oh, boy, guys. There's... I've been trying to improve things Wait, in the Wait, there's studio. something else that has to be done. Yes, there's... The offensive has begun! Okay. That's well, right. Oh, it has it has begun. And, uh, yeah, um, okay, so hopefully the levels are good. And, okay, this has a typo in the metadata. Yes, I need... I knew I need to go fix that. I will go fix that. Okay. Meanwhile, um, all right, let's play... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Let's figure out what this show is about. What is this, a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. I think I'm going to be sick. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing... I just had an orgasm. I swear to God, you get a new setup and you completely forget how to fuck to do this show. OMG. Yes, exactly. Well, um, all right. So let's, uh, all right. (laughs) So anyway, welcome. Yeah, this is the Lotus Effect and it affects everyone differently. So however and wherever the Lotus is affecting you, well, well, thank you for your courage and and for propagating the model of the Podfather himself. I mean, we definitely appreciate that. There's something that needs to be said before you continue, though. What the fuck? Bad podcaster, get the spray bottle. 
Yeah, I have no idea what the issue is with Podverse there, uh, uh, Seal Figs. But uh, um, but anyway, uh, we are a value for value podcast, and we and yeah, that was one thing I forgot to do is turn on my live live item tags because yeah, unfortunately, there's been a lot going. There's a lot a lot of things to do right before a no agenda show. So there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. However, I think I'll actually go. Fi- I'm going to go fix that right now while I'm thinking about it. Uh, so, um, but but we are a value for value podcast, and that means we uh, accept uh, time, talent, and treasure as uh, you know certainly. A ways of uh, showing value back for us is that uh, you we put out this uh, this podcast is we, we think it's entertaining and people listen and send us stuff so it must be entertaining uh, so uh, yeah we uh, but uh, we we like to have either some that or we're having massive delusions of grandeur yes exactly so we're getting all these uh, yeah we're we're getting all these we're getting live boost which I absolutely love I've not seen this person before Sergio stars but he's given us a lot of dicks one 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 sat boosts. Yeah, there we go. Now I've got to make. I've got to go make sure all this stuff's in here. Speaking of, so if you want to get in on this Boostergram party, you know, you can go to Lotus Effect, or you can uh, you go to NudePodcastApps.com or NewPodcastApps.com, uh, depending upon whether you like putting clothes on or not. Um, you can also uh, go to LotusEffect.show and hit us up on that. We have a we have a green uh, we like money button. Um, it, it was yellow at one point, um, and it's uh, yeah. You can do it through PayPal, or you can send us Boostergrams, and you can send us mail. We've had things uh, sent in the mail too. So uh, with that, we actually have. Some some uh, we have some we have some boostergrams. Can honey? Can you? Uh, of course. Uh, while I do. What yes, I, do I know. I I get to uh, I get to play around with being on the mic and you know taking up time while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing over there, which I have not. Oh, I see. You're updating our live tag because for whatever reason it didn't go well the first time. No, I never updated it. That's the problem. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Yeah, so, um, all right. I thought you had already done that because you're usually really good yeah, about I was trying to, being I was, a professional. I was trying to get all the audio stuff uh, professional, and unfortunately, even I messed that up too. So we'll it have to. We'll have to, happens. We'll have to adjust the levels a little bit later. But so anyway, that's let, all right. I just want to remind everybody: this is a new live son of a bitch. Yes, it is. And I don't know why my live tag is not actually working. This is this is interesting. Oh, probably because I forgot to refresh. That's what I need to do is I need to go over here and hit the button and refresh and do all that. Okay, so, all right. Meanwhile, let's. can you read the boostograms? Uh, oh, yeah. I can, some... I can definitely talk about the boostograms because last night was an amazing party in Studio 33. And if y'all missed it, you missed so much fun. Starting with a 3333 boost for Dr. John... Right place, wrong time from Boosty Steed. She also came in with another 3333 for Fog Hat Slow Ride. And then Weirdo wanted in for a thousand sets saying two live crew do what diddy. And of course, he came back with another hundred because he had said two love crew instead of two live crew. But that's okay. An extra hundred sats just makes Phoenix smile even broader. There you go. And yeah. then Bully Steed came in again with a row of ducks, twenty-two, twenty-two, Bootsy on the mothership, and give up the funk. That was a great track. Yeah, exactly. Then Fazilla, which is also known as Mama T, threw a hundred sats in the mix, saying a when a woman's fed up by R. Kelly. Sharky joined the party at 7777, saying standing on the top by the Temptations. Nice old school R&B track. Bully Steed came back strong for Piranacy because his fountain was being a POS last night. 
for 3333 requesting Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I want to be your dog, which I had never heard before. It was awesome. She said they saw her live. And when she did that song, it slayed. So good for them. And Bully Steed again, 3333, Ted Leo and the Pharmacist, Biomusicology. Then not to be outdone, Sharky comes right back with a 3737. How could you do the greatest pop album of all time like that? Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Because we were playing some parody. uh, Because the Cavalcade of Stupidity by Sir Rev Cybertrucker included a parody of uh, the Backstreet Boys song. Yeah, and we and it's and yeah because and and I usually with the parody rule works it it works both ways right so when you get a, when we request a song and there's a par and it's either a parody of a song or the song is has a parody then we usually play the other thing and this time I'm like well I decided I decided to play Weird Al's uh, parody instead so it kind of but uh, and I'm like no I don't really want to play the Backstreet Boys and then uh, yeah Sharky decided to boost it so well you know yes and it's very seldom that a boost gets a Sam Kinison denial which is also known Known as a Sam's rule and also known as do you have that clip on hand the Sam's rule oh, well Sam's rule give yeah. me give me just a moment because you have of it course. all organized she got the pussy! that's right that's Sam's rule so if I veto something that's where the buck stops I am the end-all be-all I am the alpha and omega when it comes to what gets played song-wise well I still played it last night <laughs> I didn't veto it Okay, well, there you go. So, See? There's yeah. only been two songs that have been vetoed in the entire time we've done Rideshare yes, Radio, and there, and there's Studio reasons. 33 otherwise. That's right. So, um, okay, so we Yeah, also, the buck and the fuck stops right here. The, that's right. And we, we guess we are popping some peas. I don't know. We'll this is stuff we'll have to figure out when we're, um, you know, off off mic and not trying to do this right before a show. Cause, you know, right before... We hey, don't, we've been doing our best. This has been nothing but almost two weeks worth of hair pulling at this point. Yeah, and I think we'll talk about what I had actually had done, because I had uh, took wet one more stab at changing all the audio, or putting or putting the audio back uh, right. I'll explain what we did a little bit to... Um, a little bit later in the Toast and Jam segment, I got some... That's questions. right. We don't want to bore people with that, but we do want to tell them about Bully Steed coming in with another row of ducks, talking about pussy, saying Nick Cave, no pussy blues. Yes. And then we got a new booster in the, his house when we started the show. Sergio Stars boosted not once, twice, or three times... Four Act- straight actually, times. Actually five. Actually five. Oh, we've got another one. That's, oh, that's right. Well, four at 111. Mm-hmm. First one saying amazing podcast. Next one, love the clips. Value for value for the win. And then so cool. And then, of course, because this person is amazing and we thank you for your courage, sir. A 333 saying these are angel numbers. Yeah, we like so angel numbers. there you go. Now we know this. And of course, you all heard me play the Alex Jones clip. This is a new live son of a bitch. Because 10,000 sats came in from yours truly saying this is a new live son of a bitch. Yeah, that's right. We, we did. Uh, so, um, yes, and these, yeah, there's all kinds of, yeah, so we've got all of this stuff going on here. Let's see. Now, if you want to be part of this yeah, Boostergram party, then all you got to do is take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Or if you're modest, shy, or have a whole lot more class than Phone Boy and I, you can go to nudepodcastapps.com. Same thing. Get yourself one of them newfangled 2.0 podcasting apps. That way you can splash the walls of the studio like us and the rest of the pedal heads enjoy doing now there is also another way that you can 
participate in the value for value model, you can give us feedback. Now you can send us a message on No Agenda Social. I am, of course, at Phoenix, P-H-E-O-N-I-X, with a whole bunch of stuff after it. He is at phoneboy at noagendasocial.com. And you can send us email, phoneboy at lotuseffect.show or phoenix at lotuseffect.show, P-H-E-O-N-I-X. You can snail mail us, as people often do. If you'd like the address, you can hit us up in the back channel. Or you can do something even more fun, and you can call 253-237-3321 and tell us the (laughs) refire topic answer, which this week is, what is your favorite leftover? One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell computers, this is Chip. That's right. Ernestine and Chip are not standing by, but Google Translate is, and it will mangle your transcript. I assure you of that. You will probably become a show title if it's a good enough mangle. So please feel free to call 253-237-3321 and tell us what your favorite leftover is. Uh, that's right. And uh, yeah, or uh, anything else for that matter. Uh, so you can, uh, what you can do, of course, is, uh, yeah, you, you can do that. You can, of course, if you can, we had last, we had, we've had all kinds of different topics for this stuff. But I mean, you can also call in music requests too during Studio 33. We, we do that as well. So, um, but uh, something I don't think a lot of people are giving a lot of precedence to. And oh, fuck. My yeah. mute button was on. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Uh, something that people don't give enough precedence to in the value for value model is troll along, interact with us during the show, lotuseffect.chat on the Kiwi or the IRC, whatever you call it. Yeah, exactly. Or the or yeah, it says zero note or zero note That's IRC. It. Yeah, and seeing zero void, note. I IRC. think it's the first time I've seen void zero address me in IRC like ever. That, that's pretty awesome. Like you should feel really yes. special that void zero even knows your fucking name. Yeah. Well, I, apparently, I, apparently people know me. I don't know. <laughs> well, JCD doesn't know you. Yeah. Apparently he doesn't know me, but uh, but uh, you know, I think I think he just likes to play dumb sometimes. Um, but that's just but that's just me, man. Uh, that's right. And of course, you know JCD or not JCD. Jesus, good Christ! I can't believe I. Said said that uh, the oh, podfather it, himself knows you because you met him in South Carolina as we've talked about numerous times that's right we yeah, yeah and I um, I'm, yeah I hope to meet him again that'll be it'll be that'll be fun and and of course if, of course uh, hope we can well you know what I, I don't know if anybody else knows this but I'm positive you're gonna meet him again as long as you actually drop to a knee and put a ring on it because he did agree to officiate our wedding uh, do when I, we were in do South I, Carolina. Do, do you need to hit the break in your balls clip probably I right. don't have it when we reconfigured the whole bullshit... Breaking the balls. Breaking the balls. See, when I went off your roadcaster and onto my own, and everything went tits up in an epic way, I did not have that particular clip loaded on the new soundboard that I'm using. So that's on me. It's all my fault for not doing what I was supposed to do. But, but you know how it goes. You know, it's it's going to be okay. We, we're going to work it out. It's, it's no problem. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you know, of course uh, yeah, but just remember, though, Arr, shiver me timbers and boost me bitch. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, th- I think, uh, you know, as you're getting, so as you're getting into the show here, uh, just remember. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. I have to get off my mute button. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So you're Dear God, you're going to make me do it. It's yeah. happening. Simon, you are not on the mic. <laughs> I finally got that clipped cut down. <laughs> I love it. You do realize. Breaking the balls. Breaking the balls. Exactly. Every chance I get, okay, just, I'm going to be on that okay, clip. Okay, you know what, though? We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't send us your shit. Yeah, I mean, just, but if you give us feedback, we definitely yeah, want to hear your feedback. Just don't be, be respectful. Just don't be a dick, all right? I yeah. mean, as you can tell, we don't shy away from words like fuck, cunt, 
and things like that. Shit, piss, cunt, cunt, fucker, sir. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even do it. It's the seven <laughs> words you can't say on television. George Carlin. Yes. I can't even do it, especially with being sick. I used to be able to rattle that off. But the point is, be respectful. Do not use racial slurs. We don't put up with that shit. We have a great sense of humor. We're not offended by a lot of things. But if we do get offended by something you've done or said, and you did it because you're just a dick, well, yeah, we're going to... We're, we're going to do like uh, the Podfather did today to that iron dude. And fucking, you're going to get bounced. You're going to get called out, called out. You're going to get shamed. Your name is going to be worse than mud. You're going to be less than a piece of tissue with shit wiped on it stuck to some politician's shoe. Yes. Uh, so the, uh, okay, we got another boostergram from Sergio Stars, a uh, 222 set saying, I'm a fan now. Keep it going. All right. Well, we, we, we certainly appreciate that. Oh, we, we plan on it. Oh, yeah. This is going to keep going. All right. So, and, and in fact, I think what we're going to do here is we're going to start the, uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and start the show and we start with our health segment, which is, of course, uh, brought to you by Pfizer. And uh, no way in hell. That's but you right. know what this is? One lady said to me, you're sweating, you're burning fat. Oh, good. I hope it's a control burn, because if this baby goes up all at once, there's going to be a mushroom cloud over this gym. Yes. That's right. So a few minutes of physical activity can actually reduce your risk of heart attack or stroke. New research shows that small bouts of physical activity spread... Uh, <laughs> Let me try that again. The spread. You, you can't even say the tongue is drunk this time. No, I can't. But The, the, the tongue is sick, maybe. But yes, the, the, the tongue is having a rough weekend. No, Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition or that they're going to get sick right before doing a triple header. Because right after we're done with the show today, yeah, the fifth episode of The Funny Thing About Murder. So stick around for that before we do Studio 33. But back to the research that shows that small bouts of physical activity spread throughout the day could reduce the risk of heart attack, stroke, and premature death. The study recently published in the Lancet Public Health Trusted Source found that people may be able to lower their risk of major cardiovascular events throughout sporadic bursts of movement lasting just one to three minutes, even if they don't typically exercise. So basically, what I've been saying for many episodes, during a commercial break, if you're one of those TV watchers, get up, walk around your living room, walk around your den, walk around your coffee table, just walk around, go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee, do something, move, do not be a macramate into the sofa couch potato. Now, the health benefits linked to a few minutes of movement was comparable to those conferred from physical activity lasting 5 to 10 minutes. And to investigate how bursts of activity impact health, the researchers recruited 25,000 adults in the UK, the average age of which was 62 years old. Wow, what a bizarre age to be studying the movement of, you know, benefits for that that that's so weird so the participants used wrist worn wearables that tracked their daisy daily physical activity patterns down to a 10 second time window the researchers then linked the participants physical activity patterns to their health records and tracked them for roughly eight years now, the team found that 97% of the people's incidental physical activity lasted less than 10 minutes. Well, of course it did. They're fucking 60-something. Like, come on. Th those people don't go out for marathon runs mostly. And especially in the UK. They, they eat a lot of sugar. They're, they're kind of pudgy bastards. 
So bouts of moderate to vigorous activity that lasted less than 10 minutes were linked to a significant reduction in heart attack, stroke, and death by any cause. Longer bursts of non-exercise activity were associated with more health benefits, regardless of how much cumulative activity a person did. For example, moving for one to three minutes was associated with greater health benefits than moving for less than a minute. You know, water's wet, too. In addition, the more vigorous activity a person achieves, the greater the benefit. Are these fucking people serious? This is common sense. One of the co-authors, authors, described vigorous activity as huffing and puffing for at least 15% of the activity in a statement. So they're talking about boning. Uh, yeah, uh, I wasn't going to say anything, but... Uh, no, yeah. I'll call it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will yeah, totally yeah. call it out. All, all, I, all I can say, folks, is three hours. That, that, that's true. That is not a lie. That is truth. So... <laughs> Even short bursts of activity that lasted less than a minute were beneficial if vigorous. And a sedentary lifestyle, according to okay, trusted okay, okay. I, source... I have a question, have a question. Is, uh, for, for, for those people that... that, that uh, is masturbating considered a, a vigorous activity? I don't know. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you know, for people... Anyway, uh, just... just I, think I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I got nothing. You literally, congratulations. <laughs> the first time ever, phone boy locked up Phoenix's brain. Holy shit. Yes, I, I did, did it. not see that coming, much like a blind hooker. <laughs> I got you. God damn it. Uh, about fucking time. It All is, the we've pro- been doing this fucking show almost two years. You've never locked my brain. I, I have finally done it. <laughs> Sparta. It is a little sport at times. We, we do, she usually does oh. with me. But I find, I so just, wrong. I just went with that. I'm like, oh, I guess Fuck that you. Fuck you. You get two on that one. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. So a sedentary lifestyle has been associated with a higher risk of serious health conditions, including cardiovascular disease, cancer, premature death, and physical inactivity is ranked as a leading risk factor for heart disease. Well, there you a go. A lot of this makes nothing but sense. And we've been saying it, and even Vinny Tortert says it, that quite frankly, you're not having to go out and run an ultra marathon. Just get up and move. Do some kind of physical activity. That's all you have to do. And you will slowly see weight decrease. Now also, eat right. Cut the sugar out. Cut the grains out. Cut the seed oils out. Be good to your body. It doesn't take a lot of exercise. It doesn't take a lot of effort to get yourself into a place where you're going to see another 10 or 20 years of life, maybe, by eating right and doing just a moderate amount of exercise. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, and it, it always says, uh, what, what's the best exercise? Well, the, the best exercise is the exercise, whatever exercise you will do, right? And then, you know, now obviously, if you want to optimize, there are certain things that might work a little bit better than others. But but the reality is, is that, yes, I mean, anything is, you know, and, and, and of course, course, the you know the government recommends you know a minimum of 150 minutes of physical activity. You're not going to get that all at once, folks. Just you know do you know just do a little bit at a time. It, it'll and, and and you build up to it and build up to more, and you'll be able to do more. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't understand that you don't start out lift, you know, power lifters don't start out lifting 400 pounds. You have to start slow. Do not hurt yourself. Do not overexert yourself. And I know Bemrose is probably sitting behind his microphone in front of his monitor thinking that lifting that whiskey glass and scotch glass up to his lips is exercise. Now, in some fields, it may be, but you, you need to actually get up and circulate the blood in your legs in order for that to be considered exercise. So take the glass with you while you're sipping it, Sir Bemrose, for that walk around the living room. Yeah, because you know, Bemrose needs more liquor. Bemrose always needs more liquor, right. and that's why I addressed it. But I think we need to go on to this next story that can only be prefaced with... What? Now, is now is there such a thing as metabolically health, uh, healthy obesity? This is what this question was. This question says, and it is, I and it, it kind of blows my mind. It says a session at this at this year's annual meeting of the European Association for the Study of Diabetes will explore the latest data on the concept of metabolically healthy obesity, or MHO. And that's a different meaning in my uh, in my day job. I can say that now, more commonly known as uh, fat but fit. Now, Professor uh, Matthias uh, Bluer of uh, the University. Leipzig, uh, Leipzig and Holm, uh, Leim, or Helmholtz uh, Center of Munich, Germany, will explain how we define MHO and ask if it can really be described as healthy. Now, um, some 15 to 20 percent of people living with obesity have none of the metabolic complications we associate with the condition, namely abnormal blood sugar control and blood fats, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, and other signs of cardiovascular disease, explains Dr. Bluer. Now, okay, I have something to say about the fact that this is a German research study that came up with this shit. Nine, 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 nine. Something like that. There, there, yeah, you got you to have that in there, too. Now, Professor Bluer explains that it is, not, it is how the adipose tissue behaves in people with obesity rather than their body mass index that will determine whether or not their obesity is MHO. In people with adipocytes, which are the fat-storing cells that are of a normal size, those people are less likely to display the complications of obesity, whereas in people with enlarged adipocytes and inflamed adipose tissue, these cells are more likely to exhibit traits such as insulin resistance that led to metabolic complications. There's inflammation again. Right. Inflammation is, you know, is generally a, is a good thing to a point. But if it's persistent, that's that that's a sign of a problem. Right. So if you're makes sense, if your fat cells are inflamed, they're, they're going to be produce uh, things that are inflammatory. Right. And, and, and you know, and do and, and, and junk like that. So, yeah, if you're if your fat cells aren't inflamed, then chances then you're then, yeah, you're going to have less light and you're gonna be, uh, you know, healthier anyway. Now, the way that we store fat is likely key in whether or not obesity can be described as MHO. Also, where since the storage of fat around the organ highly correlates to having type 2 diabetes. In fact, it's, you know, they're, they're, um, I know I know Vinny has had uh, many anecdotes and I've heard from others that some people reverse their type 2 diabetes without even really lo- without even really losing a whole bunch of weight because uh, they reduce they, because, uh, you know, they, they they go low carb or something like that. And and, and before they've lost a bunch of weight, they've, they, they, with the, they, or they may have only lost a few pounds, but they lost it around their organs, which is which is where it causes the most damage. Yeah, it's extremely beneficial. If, if you're getting uh, discouraged because you've started eating right and maybe you've started exercising and you're not seeing any results. Remember that the results that you're not seeing are on the inside where the fat around your organs and the things that are going to cause you to have a premature death every day that you're not putting that cupcake in your mouth, that you're getting on that treadmill or that elliptical, or that you're just, I don't know, walk out, get your mail and come back. You are 
prolonging your life. No. One step at a time. Exactly. Now, but here now, it, can it actually be described as healthy? That was the question. Uh, so Professor Bluer says that several studies show that compared with people of normal weight with no metabolic comorbidities, people living with obesity with no metabolic comorbidities have a fifty percent. Re- so in other words, people that are that are like thin and people that are you know that are that are maybe obese but uh, but are quote unquote metabolically healthy. Well. Um, so uh, they have they have a fifty percent increased risk of coronary heart disease. So there's still a residual risk for those people living with obesity, even with what we would call metabolically healthy obesity. So you know, so yeah, losing weight's probably not a terrible thing to do. But remember that that, that you know there, there's a reason we have fat cells. They're there to store energy, right? So they they have they serve a function. And in fact, you know, if you don't have enough of it, and you and you yeah, and you don't eat for too long, yeah, you die, right? And that's that's kind of how that stuff um, works. That's true. But if you're eating the right things, like Lots of meat and vegetables that are not starchy and sugar filled, not eating the grains, making sure the oils you use are like coconut oil and avocado and pure olive. This is ways that you can make those fat cells work for you because instead of storing fat in them, they're going to store water in them. And then that water is going to be absorbed into your body and you're going to weigh less. Yeah, there you go. Um, but that, that's true. And yes, uh, your brain needs fat. It also needs ketones, uh, Bully Steve. You're, you're, you are absolutely correct about that. In fact, you're, you, and the, 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 the whole thing about reducing cholesterol, guess what? The brain considers cholesterol so important that it makes it, it's, that it, that it makes it on site, so to speak, meaning it's made inside the brain somewhere, right? That's how important cholesterol is. So to think that somehow reducing your, your serum cholesterol means anything is, it seems kind of silly to me. Yeah. And Vinny actually talked about He had a guy on there that was talking about how he went to go have his cholesterol checked and he was able to manipulate the results. Exactly. Yeah, you're talking about Dave Feldman as an engineer. Yes, I am. It doesn't matter what you do in your day job. If you have something that you do to prove a scientific theory, in my book, you're a scientist. Oh, there you go. Now, meanwhile, um, of course, um, yeah, yeah, here's another another marketing uh, post. Can you hit the clip there? Beef. It's what's for dinner. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, uh, so the question that this article asks is, can masculine marketing convince more men to eat vegan? Well, sounds like this is a hate read, I'm pretty sure. This is a super hate cover. Yeah. When we get into it, you will see why it's such a hate cover. Yeah. It is absolute reverse misogyny. Yes. Eating more plant-based meals is better for our health and better for the planet. Uh, I, 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 Where's your clip of <clears throat> bullshit? Yes, of course. Uh, well, actually, it's right here. <clears throat> bullshit. Yes. Yeah, uh, it, it should always be on tap when we go into stories like this. Well, it's it's yeah, it's there's it is on it is on the top of the, at least that clipboard anyway. So, um, so, um, but uh, but cultural preferences are significant barriers to reducing meat consumption, especially for men who are underrepresented among vegans and vegetarians. Well, you know they they kind of need muscle. They kind of need uh, big muscles. Uh, yeah, that would probably uh, limit you from being a vegetarian because yeah i don't see any really buff uh, vegans out there um that uh, that have never had meat before because do, yeah. do you know how you can tell that there is a man who is a vegan yeah he's got a man bun yeah well exactly and a vagina yeah now, now, studies have found that eating meat is associated with masculinity. Oh, my God, that's evil masculinity. And that gender stereotypes label plant-based diets as suitable for women, but not men. I don't think it's suitable for anybody, but that's just my opinion, man. Uh, so is it possible to change the perception of plant-based food with marketing and convince men to eat more of it? That sounds, yeah, well, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Any, any, any real man out there will not, won't, uh, 
necessarily. Well, I mean, that's not actually. I can't say that. I mean, I'm, look, some people do eat meat and, and and do and do reasonably well on it, but for the most for most people, it's probably not the right thing. Your sports team. Oh, jeez. So, talk about firing clips over there. I- I'm sorry. I literally went to move my soundboard screen up and my finger went yank. Yes, exactly. I, I own it. I fucked up. Yes, we're. Yes. Wait, wait. I have to do it. I have to do it on myself. What the fuck? Bad podcaster. Get the spray bottle. Yeah, at least at least we own it. This is as we lean into the mistakes around here. This is, that's that's kind of that's, that's how we do what we yeah, do. Yeah. It's, yeah. We yeah. The, yeah, the old mute button thing. Yes. We yeah. I mean, we do. We try to. We're, we're, yeah, we know we should probably be better about mute buttons. And we're, of course, it doesn't help that we've changed the. Uh, the the layout again since the last time we podcasted. So you know we're still tr- you know this is we're trying to dial in this uh, this uh, new setup here and it's uh yeah I think I think and I think just we have it just about right now I think um, at but, least hopefully we're not coming in over modulated now yeah we're not we're we were a little under modulated so I, I I popped us up a couple of dog biscuits to make it better so uh, that's something I will fix uh, later but uh, you're giving me pot laden dog biscuits oh baby pot laden dog biscuits I think I, I think we I think I need to write that down so you know we when we say random stuff in here actually we uh yeah because we're we're noticing in the chat we have a few new listeners and uh we really appreciate that and i'm sure there's a few new listeners in the no agenda chat as well which i'm pretty sure you're supposed to be yes monitoring yes i am i've got it i've got it up here so so yeah it it takes a little getting used to (laughs) if you've never experienced the lotus effect before yeah but uh, i think you'll like it yeah exactly so now while surveys so while surveys have shown that smaller portion sizes and healthier foods that contain more vegetables are often considered more suitable for women heartier foods with more meat are equally associated with men now consuming meat is culturally associated with strength and masculinity which you know is bad we can't have that Uh, and meat-free meals are often considered less suitable for men now women also typically express more concern for animal welfare a common reason for choosing a vegan diet now of course that's also uh you know that's also <clears throat> bullshit because probably more animals and more things die as a result of harvesting uh, you know uh you know the, so the, those vegan uh, those vegan crops uh then uh that's right yeah we, those we vegan saw products. that as well with the farmer that was talking about 3 a.m you're not exactly going to call somebody up be like hey you want a thousand pound hog that i just shot in my field yeah, exactly. Well, there's a there. Okay, so so Logan Five. Uh, there's there's literally a store. There's literally an aisle in, in in our local grocery store here down the street. It has on it has on the sign Little Debbie. You want to talk about you know? Oh yeah, that is that is fucking fax machine. Living in the South and especially in the state where Little Debbie comes from, yeah. we call it Little Diabetes. And I've been horribly offended by the fact that there's an entire aisle dedicated to these nice. snack cakes. In addition to the fact that our cereal aisle has been inundated with cereals like cinnamon bun and nutty buddy and oatmeal cream pie in cereal form and then we wonder why our children are yeah. fucking obese and five-year-olds look like 10-year-olds because they're as wide as they are tall no actually so logan's got it wrong in the chat they actually actually veganism started out with the seventh day adventist uh yeah, in fact, Mo, we actually could, did you, an episode done, about the couple, fact yeah. that, and we've said it numerous times, cornflakes were invented, and the cereal companies are owned by Seventh Day Adventists, yeah. and cornflakes were invented to stymie the libido of men. It is a fact; you can look it up. That's right. All, yeah, and so yeah, we we got um, so and this is um, now the now the research has sought to investigate whether it was possible to change men's minds about vegan foods by changing their marketing. 
So, yeah, and uh, yeah, you can mark. Yeah, you can still market shit. It's still shit, you know. Uh, and whether yeah, you men, can't put lipstick on a pig and expect you're going to get a supermodel. Yeah. So uh, the descriptions contain words that were either conveniently, uh, conventionally associated with the dish, or which were typically associated with masculine foods. The researchers asked participants to rate the dishes and their suitability for men and women. Now, the di- the, the descriptions can. Yeah. So the research. Yeah. The researchers also measured males' participants' identification with, right? Yeah. Identi- yeah. Identification with different forms of masculinity as well as participants' attitudes towards veganism. They asked participants to report the amount of meat they typically ate and their reasons for choosing their diet. Now, women in their sample were more likely to be vegan and that they rated veganism higher than men did. Now, the most common reasons cited for choosing veganism were ethical and health reasons, and the more reasons someone gave for reducing their meat consumption, the more likely... Now, they were more likely to reduce it. Now, participants who knew vegans were more likely to have a positive attitude toward meat-free dishes. Well, that, yeah, that's it's a cult. Uh, that's kind of what it is. Uh, now, men's preferences for vegan dishes didn't change with the altered descriptions of the dishes because, yeah, because men can see through the bullshit, right? But the altered descriptions did change the perception of the dishes. They were considered less feminine and more neutral. Now, men who identified with traditional masculinity were more affected by masculine marketing when they rate, when they rated dishes. Now, with a short intervention, the perception regarding a gender suitability of vegan food was shifted away from femininity and closer toward a neutral position. Now, even if this shift did not go all the way, long-term interventions might have the potential of even stronger shifts, resulting in an improvement in men's liking of vegan dishes and are thus worth further exploration. Well, here's the thing, guys. Um, you can, yeah, like I said, um, if, if, if it ain't meat from my, uh, from my local, um, you know, my local farm or, you know, I mean, I, mean, I guess I buy meat at Costco too, but I try to get more of it as local as I can. Yeah. I'm not interested in it. And most of, and even the vegetation we eat is pretty minimal at best. Uh, and uh, actually, yeah, um, but, I don't know if we told the story in the toast and jam when it happened, but when we brought my mom to her new doctor, there was a flyer on the desk about eating healthy. And it was from a farm that raises cattle and we were we were like, oh, okay, hmm, let's look at this. And of course, one of the things that it listed on it was they, they were trying to be virtuous. I will tell you, you know, ooh, all grass fed and grass finished. But then they put in that little kicker about being grain fed for the antibiotics and as I believe a supplement, maybe. Do you yes. remember that? Fire? Yeah, something like that. It was and it was an immediate like skirt. Nope. Read no more. Say no more. Say no more. I'm exactly. Away. Exactly. So, um, because yeah. we know for a fact that the beef that we consume is not uh, grain finished or anything, it gets its antibiotics and its whatever it needs to not get horrible sicknesses without all that horrible grain that goes right into your meat. Exactly. Now, meanwhile, um, so one of the, so um, meanwhile, I guess it's uh, we're, it's on to the next uh, on to the next topic oh, here. Is someone not feeling well? Your illness is very important to us. Next. Welcome to the Healthmaster Inferno, powered uh, by Pure Meat Technology. This goes in your mouth. This one goes in your ear, and this one goes in your butt. Okay, so um, I have to say, so something I wasn't familiar with until I moved to the South was the store called Dollar General, which uh, they're on every corner. They're, they, yeah, I'm pretty much. I mean, it, okay, so so the town we, we live we live uh, outside of a town called Crossville, which is about a town of what like twenty thousand or something like that. Yeah, it's not very big. It's it's a quaint 
southern town, as I'll call it. Yeah. So um, in any case, uh, yeah, just in the general area here, I mean, even down the road from us, like not even, you know, probably like a couple miles away, there's a Dollar General, but there's Dollar Generals like uh, all around the area, you know, in, in this, you know, just, just, you know, either in or just outside of Crossville, not to mention, I mean, you know, there, there was a meme I saw. It's like the, you know, last, uh, you know, last, uh, yeah. What do you call it? The last, uh, what, what are you doing over there? I'm sorry, that was the timer for dinner. I have to message the matriarch and let her know to pull it out of the oven. Okay, well, there you, uh, oh, there you go. Well, yeah, so this, this is a live studio here. We, 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 we get the stuff going on here. So anyway, Dollar General is the nation's largest retailer by number of stores. Uh, as I said, just amazing. well, the stores are a lot smaller than your typical Walmart or something, although those things are all over the place around here too. Um, so with more than 19,000 of them actually, I partnered with New York-based mobile medical services company DocGo to test whether they could draw more customers and tackle persistent health inequities. Now, deploying mobile clinics to fill care gaps in underserved areas isn't a new idea, but pairing them with Dollar General's ubiquitous small-town presence has been heralded by investment analysts and some rural health experts as a way to ease the health care drought in rural America. Uh, now, Dollar General's latest annual report shows that about 80% of the company's stores are in towns with populations of fewer than 20,000, uh, precisely where medical professionals are scarce. Now, catering to those who want urgent or primary care, uh, the mobile clinics take private insurance as well as Medicaid and Medicare. Now, the company's website says DocGo's self-pay rates start at $69 for patients without insurance or who are without or who are out of, out of network. Now, DocGo officials said Tennessee patients, which is where this, uh, which is where the uh, thing is being, where this is being tested right now, uh, may be charged different rates, but declined to provide details. What, that, why, why would now? They I have seen um, like a Med to Go or ER to go service in our little town. And the town that they're talking about, and we'll talk about it later, I think it's in the article, is, yes, it's actually Clarksville, which is right outside, literally like four miles, maybe, from the border of Kentucky on Interstate 24. So to say that this is a small town is definitely not an understatement. However... The fact that they decided to pilot it in that town is very curious to me. But what I was going to say is we've seen, and No Agenda listeners, I know that you all have taken note because John and Adam have talked about it a lot, that going to the doctor is becoming less popular. Everything's going to teledoc and telemed and all of that. Nobody wants to do a face-to-face anymore. And we're getting a lot of less... Uh, medical professionals because everybody's so happy. They get a hangnail and oh my God, because they didn't, you know, because the doctor didn't cure it. He just pulled the son of a bitch out and put a bandaid on it. Oh, let's sue him. I mean, it's, it's really ridiculous. I feel for doctors, even though I can't stand them and don't want to go see them. When you spend all that money and time in medical school, just to have to be persecuted by every Kyle and Karen out there because they don't like the care that you provided because they're not smart enough to realize that you can pick a different healthcare professional if you don't like the one that you're currently interacting with. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, of course, there, we also, you know, we also have the pharma, you know, the, the, the pharma shills, which is unfortunately a lot of, and that's just because, and it's not because of the doctors themselves necessarily, it's because of the, the medical systems. That's what they're kind of what they do, right? They immediately want to, uh, uh, you know, they want to immediately want to fill you with pharma, right? So it's a, they make it really easy. They, they, they kind of make it a pain in the butt, but they also, but they also make it incredibly easy for you to get your pills. I mean, going through, we act, you know, having, you know, having your mom change doctors and it's like, oh, we had all these. What a gong show. Yeah. What, what a gong show. But ultimately, you know, it's like we told them these are the meds. 
parents were taking, you know, put prescriptions and they, they, you know, I don't know that they even checked the the I don't think they put a lot of effort. I mean, it is a small town independent doctor practice, but I really don't feel like they put a lot of effort into giving a damn what the dosage on her medications was. And I'm pretty sure, and I will take partial responsibility that I should have had all the proper dosages of her medications written down to hand to them so that it was foolproof because it was obvious that they really could give less than a ripe fuck about doing their jobs. Well, it's anyway, but it's the, the number of patients they have to see and get paid by the insurance companies and all that, you know, all that nonsense, too. So. Okay, all right. I'm going to, ha- you done triggered a Phoenix rant now, Uh-oh. is what you've done, did. Uh-oh. And I will tell you why. This, t- that statement to me is the equivalent of teachers whining, crying, and bitching. Eh, we don't get paid enough. Did someone hold a fucking gun to your head and make you become a teacher or make you become a doctor? You did it for reasons. Either you thought you were going to get a lot of money, you liked having summers off, or you did it because, oh, I love the children, I love people. Then shut the fuck up. You chose the profession you're in. It's like an IT guy pissing and moaning that he's stuck in front of a fucking computer all day. You chose it, Doc. Don't bitch that you don't like your profession because you chose it. You can choose to do something else. Yeah, although, although, yeah, that, that's an expensive uh, uh, profession to choose not to do after you. Well, yeah, <laughs> but at the same point in time, that's the risk you take. Well, I think I think that's that's actually creating. I mean, the problem that we're talking about in this article is ultimately caused by because people are getting tired of the, because doctors are going fuck this and, and getting out of the medical system because because in order to work in that and that's actually part of that's why these metal, these mobile clinics are coming up because. Um, because yeah, they're, they're, that's actually because people are kind of there. There's some people, and I know you know, like some of the doctors that we follow, and that are you know, the, 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 some of the some of the doctors we follow actually have a uh, um, you know, they 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 do they they do direct primary care. They don't deal with insurance companies, and they they charge less, you know. But uh, you know, but again, they'll spend as much time as necessary with you because they're because the the financial incentive for 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 most medical practices that deal with the traditional insurance system, yeah, they get paid for they get paid for incidents that's why if you notice on there they say if you know patient encounter for a certain amount of time or whatever that that's how the insurance company so the insurance companies dictate to every, to pretty much every, med, every every medical company out there that they deal with here's how you're going to bill in order to get paid and then and then of course they dick you around on the amount of thing and so it's it's a big fucking scam is what it is and so even doctors are you know doctors are going you're know, looking at that and kind of going this isn't a business i want to they're making that decision and going this isn't why i want to this isn't what i want to do with my life because in order to get paid i have to you know i got to deal with all this shit that i don't that i don't necessarily want to do and so they'll go do something else so yeah i agree with that and i i would have to say that i would be a little skeptical of going to a med clinic that was attached to a dollar general i think there's a stigma associated with it yeah there's yeah there's something in the story about that uh, um and it's actually um you know so that so let's see i'm trying to there was some st- let's say and actually i think that yeah i think they list i think it's it, it's in here the people there i didn't actually i don't think i cut it in there but yes there's a there's a stigma about yeah going to it but but you know some people like it because that it's easier to get to and 
you know, but it depends on what you need, I guess. I mean, there's some, you know, some place, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, of course, I think we're lucky where we live. There's plenty of doctors around here because there's also, of course, it's a resort community and a retirement community. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the doctors that are around here deal with, um, you know, the kind of the, uh, you know, uh, the, the kind of problems that older people tend to have. So, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of eye doctors and that kind of stuff around here, but it's not a. Um, and I, I, I do know that there is a major medical facility in our little town because I've gone by it. So there, there is a pharmacy clinic also known as a hospital, not too far from where we live. Well, that's true. So, um, yeah, this is, and it's, so, so yeah, that actually, so, um, we can see, you were talking about that. So honestly, I don't really grasp, I don't think what they're getting into said Brett Stanton, a family medicine doctor and leader of the Cumberland center for healthcare innovation, a statewide organization that helps small town family care doctors coordinate care and negotiate with insurers and including Medicare. Now, Michelle Green manages the popular Sweet Charlotte Grill about 10 minutes south of Dollar General's most rural test site. Green, who was handing out hamburgers and hand-cut fries during a Saturday rush, said she hadn't heard of the mobile clinic. She said with a shrug that Dollar General and healthcare clinics just don't go together. Uh, I wouldn't want to go to a healthcare clinic in a parking lot, but that's just me, Green said, adding that someone might go if you're sick and you can't go anywhere else. And the Clarksville area pilot, which launched last fall, is in a federally designated primary care shortage area for low-income residents. So, and about a thousand patients have been seen in the company's clinics, either at Dollar General sites or, or community pop-up events, and some became repeat visitors, according to DocGo. Now, a payment is taken outside on a mobile device, uh, and once inside, patients meet with an on-site uh, staff member like French and connect via telehealth on an iPad screen with a physician assistant or nurse practitioner. So they're not the doctors. Not it's even, not even a fucking person-in-person interaction. You're on a goddamn telescreen. This is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's even yeah. So the clinic rotates between three Dollar General pilot sites each week. The stores are in the Clarksville area, and uh, and early this summer, the van stopped going to the most rural site near Cumberland Furnace, and that is an actual town, folks. I had I looked it up uh, because of low utilization, according to the company's le- company's leaders. Now, Dot Go uh, moved that location's time slot to busy Fort Campbell's Bo- uh, Fort Campbell Boulevard in Clarksville. Now, yeah, and that is a pretty busy area. Yeah, Cr- uh, Crystal uh, Luce, uh, who's a, who's a, a senior director of public relations for Dollar General, said the company believes each new store provides positive economic benefits, including new jobs, low cost products and its literacy foundation on the federal on the federal fines uh, uh there i guess there's something about federal fines uh Lu- Luce said Dollar general is committed to providing a safe work environment for its associates and shopping experience for its customers the company declined to provide an interview okay well yeah, that's uh, the dot go pilot she wrote is intended to complement the the uh the dollar general well-being initiative which is a corporate-wide push dollar general wants to increase access to basic health care products and ultimately services over time particularly in rural america Luce wrote uh now, states away, DocGo is under fire for a no-bid contract to provide housing, busing, and other services for asylum seekers in New York. Well, that's that's I, that was an interesting uh, thing to find in there. And a state attorney general... Uh, well, Lati- I want to point something out. No. Bully Steed had actually made a comment in the troll room that this is what our new migrants will be using to get medical attention, and in Spanish, with their new phones. The... the yeah. The narrative is writing itself... In things like this. 
Yes, it is. I, I agree. Um, but that's, yeah, so this is, uh, um, yeah, of course, they want to get it away. But this, but it is, and that makes sense. So uh, .go officials said their air, claims aired by sources in a New York Times article that first reported the problems were not reflective of the overall scope and quality of the services the company has provided, which means they probably do a whole lot more things we just don't know about yet. Now, the company's pilot with Dollar General is supported with funding from the state of Tennessee. Uh, .go's Capone said during the company's first quarter earnings call. Now, the Dollar General partnership is cited in quarterly grant reports uh, DocGo's Rapid Reliable Testing LLC submitted to the state, according to records uh, KFF Health News obtained through public information requests. And the okay, co- I have a question really quick. Isn't that a kind of a direct um, conflict of interest that the state of Tennessee, our lovely state, which I adore, is got their hands in a private business's affairs? Hmm. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's the kicker in this whole story. And it, this, when I found this, I went, "Oh my God!" All right. So Dollar General. Okay. So um, let's see. In the grant filing, Doc Joe listed or Doc Go listed Dollar General along with other organizations as trusted messengers in building vaccine awareness. Okay, I'm done with that. Oops. <laughs> Homeboy broke the bell. I broke the bell. There you go. I think that's a potential show title. Um, okay, so um, so Dollar General declined to respond to a question about its involvement in the grant and said, Luce said, we continue to test and learn through the .go pilot. So now the, yes, the goal of the 2.4 million grant funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, I, I, I love how they've been, or they still call, okay, by the way, they still call it the CDC. That's how they, but, but they've added this prevention. What are they preventing? I think they're preventing people from living, but that's. Well, you know, that's what we think. And uh, as a side digress, Aggression. Uh, did anyone else hear this shit where the CDC is denying that they ever said that they were mandating masks to be worn? And, you know, all these audio clips that we have from news agencies, from interviews with the CDC and stuff. Yeah, those are just figments of all of our imagination, aren't they? Something like that. Um, now, the. Uh, let's see. So, um, okay. So, let, 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 so um, the two, the goal of the two point four million grant funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and distributed by the Tennessee Department of Health is to administer COVID nineteen vaccines. There you go. In a written response provided by DocGo's marketing director Amanda Shell Jennings, uh, the company said Dollar General has no involvement with the Tennessee Department of Health grant funding for allocations. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. The grant covers the storage and maintenance of COVID nineteen vaccines on the DocGo mobile clinics. Jen- wait, Jennings. Wait. <coughs> Bullshit. Oh, there's that too. Uh, in a written response provided by Dotco's marketing director, Amanda Sh- uh, Shell Jennings, the company said Dollar General has no. Okay, I already. Yeah, we already said that. Okay. Um, let's see. Dotco struggled to get a foothold in rural Cumberland Fern- uh, uh, Furnace, which is an unincorporated area of. Um, of Tennessee, that was once one. It was one of the initial test sites. Now, Lottie Stokes, the president of the company, the community center in Cumberland Furnace, said DotGo's team had called and asked to come down here. Now, now, so Stokes said she would rather use the local emergency medical technicians and firefighter who she knows are legit. So. You know that you know some some people don't you know again we talking about the you know going in the yeah but, it, but if, yeah you're you're going it you're using a telescreen in a fucking in in a fucking thing you know yeah I don't I don't see how this Dollar General thing is any any kind of especially with okay so boots on the ground on this y'all I have plenty and I absolutely highlight the word plenty of medical rides on Lyft. For people who need to go to their doctors. And I mean, I even had one that went all the way from Chattanooga to Franklin, which I can assure you is over an hour away. So I don't understand if all you're doing is going in to this 
tent or whatever and talking to somebody on an iPad, you can do that shit from the comfort of your home and prevent me from having to pick your nasty, fat, stankin' ass up because you live in a fucking trailer park and haven't bathed in three days. All right. Um, now, I think I guess uh, I guess it's time to go for the, the I guess we'll do the next one. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. Yeah, well, the, now that scientists are saying that there's long cold as well as long COVID. Well, of course, my, my immediate thought when I read this headline was, um, well, long colds have always existed. Uh, this, is, this COVID thing it wasn't it was the thing that they uh, that, that they invented and, and made it look like a cold. I don't, anyway, but the, a, a new study from the Queen Mary University of London published in eClinical Medicine has found that people may experience long-term symptoms or long colds after acute respiratory infections that test negative for COVID-19. Uh, now, some of the most common symptoms of the long cold included coughing, stomach pain, and diarrhea more than four weeks after the initial infection. Now, while the severity of an illness appears to be a key driver of risk of long-term symptoms, more research is being carried out to establish why some people suffer extended symptoms while others do not. Now, the findings suggest that there may be long-lasting health impacts following non-COVID acute respiratory infections, such as colds, influenza, or pneumonia um, that are currently undergoing unrecognized. Well, yeah, I guess COVID did bring some attention to these things, and guess what? They're all the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, However, the researchers do not yet have evidence suggesting that the symptoms have the same severity or duration as long COVID. Okay, I have to say, it's really fucking bad that the first thought that I had when I started not feeling well was, oh my God, I hope I don't have COVID. And then I slapped myself really fucking hard across the face and went, it's a fucking head cold, maybe some allergies, you're fine. Quit being such a fucking diva. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, we, we, meanwhile, my co-host here, I've had to, we had to go buy some pharma for the for 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 my co-host here because yeah, she's you're 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 battling uh, something. I'm not sure what you're battling here, but uh, and I'm not happy about the pharma issue. I really did not like the fact of having to take anything. I thought this was just going to be a little allergy thing, so I took some Benadryl, and I think I took one of your um, generic Zizols. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm actually sick. I yeah. actually can feel this in my chest. I need to get some stuff to get this out of my chest. So unfortunately, I look like Rudolph because I've got this red, irritated nose, even though I have those puffs with lotion tissues. And I'm trying not to cough into my microphone or sound like epic shit, but I'm sure I'm not succeeding yeah yeah you're doing all right i mean all things considered so um now meanwhile i think we have a there's a um yeah i think we play the next clip for the uh um, play the next clip here i picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue yeah, you did. Uh, because a clinical trial re uh, reveals the benefits of inhaled nitric oxide for patients with respiratory failure due to COVID-19 pneumonia. Now, inhaled nitric oxide gas widens blood vessels in the lungs and is used to treat severe cardiopulmonary conditions in newborns and adults. Now, a recent multicenter international phase two clinical trial led by investigators at Massachusetts uh, General Hospital. In the Again, University fucking Mass General got their dick in it. Yes, in the University of Alabama in Birmingham has revealed that inhaled nitric oxide can benefit patients with respiratory failure due to COVID-19 pneumonia. Now the Okay, I want to point out that's UAB, not yeah. U of A, so they're okay. 
Okay, fine. Uh, the investigator initiated multi-center uh, trial, which uh, commenced recruitment in March 2020, stands as a testament to the collaborative spirit that prevailed even at the height of the pandemic. Now, the findings are published in the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine. Now, you know what else generates n- n- uh, nitric oxide? Um, actually, breathing through your nose and through your uh, instead of your mouth. I like fresh air, motherfucker. Yeah. As uh, Wim Hof says, "Breathe, motherfucker." That's right. So. Um, <clears throat> Now you're so so what so your nose is actually designed to help you breathe safely, efficiently, and properly. Now it can do this due to its ability to well filter out foreign particles. And, and actually, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually play the clip because I realized that we we were we started going through this. Uh, we started going through this. We realized we realized we covered this topic of breathing actually very early, and in fact, we we covered it in episode twelve of our podcast. Uh, so, uh, and I'm going to play a couple clips from it because I think this is a, I think this is act, rather than reading the, the, the bullshit I've got co- copy and pasted here. Uh, I'm going to let you listen to Phoenix here, uh, from episode 12. So, uh, the, hopefully the, uh, the audio quality is all right here, but, uh, here we go. When you breathe through your nose, um, the cilia, which is what the little hairs that line your nose and also your respiratory, um, track in your lungs and whatnot, they filter out uh, particulates and foreign matter and things like that. And also, it warms the air that's going into your lungs when you breathe through your nose. So there truly is medical benefit to this particular activity and explains a lot why people who exclusively breathe through their mouth are not um, getting the, the, you know, cleansing benefits uh, that the body provides through breathing through your nose. So it's not a surprise that, you know, you would get sick if you primarily just breathed through your mouth. Yeah. So um, now the other thing that breathing through your nose does is it produces nitric oxide. And during nasal breathing, your your nose will actually release nitric oxide. It's a vasodilator. Kind of, kind of, it's, it's, it's like Viagra, actually, you know, which means it helps to widen blood vessels and it can help improve oxygen circulation in your body. Now, in some cases, mouth breathing is necessary. You might need to breathe into your mouth if you've got nasal congestion, a deviated septum or small nostrils. Uh, um, yeah, if you have a nasal de- uh, congestion with small nostrils, I can assure you it ain't fun. Um, so breathing primarily through your mouth is associated with some health risks. And, and um, so your mouth, so you, again, there's less moisture, which can cause dry mouth. It, and it can also increase your risk of inhaling unfiltered air or, you know, allergic reactions, any allergens that might be in the air, asthma, um, uh, bad breath, tooth decay, gum inflammation, snoring, sleep apnea, or teeth or jaw abnormalities. And and uh, like we said, I actually covered this. Uh, we actually covered this uh, on episode 12 um, of the show. And I've actually, I've got one clip to play here uh talking about the uh, and actually it's an anecdote from a book i was i, I read at the I was reading at the time uh and uh, well i'll just inter- i'll just play my clip and introduce it here there's a great book by james nestor called breathe i think there's a breath and he goes he go one of the things he does is he gets he, he goes he ends up getting in an experiment where they block off his nose and so he can only breathe through his mouth and that actually ends up negatively impacting his health but when uh all of a sudden you employ breathing techniques where you breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth that things things get a lot better and so uh it, it ends up impacting a whole lot of things yeah and actually uh, in cotton gin i think i even said because i had listened a little bit later in the in, in, in you know in the, in the show here um and i'd actually had said yeah there, there, there's an anecdote that uh, that james nestor had in the book about yeah actually ironically attempting to breathe through your nose when it's uh, when it's a uh, stuffy 
actually helps it quite a bit. Although, you know, we did, we did, uh, uh, we did uh, t- get some Afrin on board last night uh, before Phoenix went to bed because she was, she was. Real yeah, there was no way in hell I wasn't going to be a mouth breather for the night if I didn't. And I was really amazed at how well it worked. I'm not shilling for pharma. I still hate big pharma. Yeah. But I was really thankful that the yeah. nose spray opened me up and I can actually breathe yeah, through be, my nose for the night. Yeah, and be thankful your bo- your boyfriend bought some because uh, yeah, I, I had You're I, the I, best, babe. Yes, I had it on hand only because I was I I was fixing to have a night like that, and unfortunately mine cleared up pretty quick, so I didn't actually have to worry about uh, having that stuff. But it's that's uh, why I keep telling you I want to snuggle with you, I want to kiss you, but I don't want you to get whatever this is. So stay back. That's right. So okay, so um, how about oh, I guess I guess. This this is my clip to hit because this is the this is this is where we are. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. All right, so yes, okay. We yeah, the, the, this whole news. She fires. I fire one clip. She fires it anyway. Yeah, we're we're still trying to work through all of that. So an off-duty Air Force captain, which is why we played the Wild Blue Yonder thing, prov- proved himself worthy of rank and regalia after conducting a daring rescue of a fallen hiker on the shoulder of Yosemite's Half Dome. Captain Joshua H- Haveman, a 60th Air Evacuation Squadron, uh, was hiking the famous peak in September when he saw a climber slip in wet conditions and fall, perhaps as many as. 80 feet down onto a precarious ledge. Uh, Haveman and the other hiker were at a section of the hike where in order to pass up solid granite, a series of, of cables embedded into the rock are necessary for safety and leverage. If they don't have a harness, rope, uh, and, and, and caribers to secure themselves to the cables, hikers are left simply holding on to them or using them as handholds. It's carabiners. With, or carabiners? Okay, well, there you go. Uh, without hesitation, uh, Haveman took action. Faced with harsh winds, slippery rock, and hail, he made a decision to venture outside the permanent cable barriers to reach the fallen climber, Travis Air Force Base uh, wrote in a state. Now, his climbing experience and extensive medical training proved invaluable in this life-or-death situation. Now, you could see that his legs were not naturally oriented at all, so I started collecting sticks from the subdome and started climbing, Haveman recalled. Other climbers were concerned for my safety, but the guy was just up there screaming in pain, so I left the cable area and climbed on the ledge. Now, using makeshift splints fashioned from the sticks, Haveman provided crucial first aid to the injured climber by securing above and below the tibia fibula fracture and wrapping his injured ankle with an ace bandage he had in a medical kit he had brought now to to shield the climber from the harsh elements and apparent shock haveman covered the climber with his jacket while organizing a call to search and rescue now after about 45 minutes the park ranger emergency medical technician came up with a full medical bed so we were able to use a structural aluminum malleable splint to better stabilize him haveman explained now, i've the- used one of those they call them a sam and they are really i mean they're fantastic because they're so versatile you can put it in any position you need to properly stabilize the fracture. Oh, exactly. So, um, th- so anyway, we th- the now ultimately. Now, ultimately, the uh, the climber was medically evacuated via helicopter, re- receiving the critical medical attention they urgently required. Without Haveman's swift and selfless actions, the outcome would have been far more tragic. I'm sure, uh, I wasn't sure a helicopter would be able to land within the winds being as strong as they were, so we were preparing to carry him 12, 10 or 12 hours down with uh, with a six-man litter, uh, Haveman said with a pause. Now, apparently, it was the pilot's first day on the job, and he was amazing. It took him about 15 minutes, but he was able to set the chopper down, and we were able to get the patient loaded and breathe a sigh of relief okay i need to explain for anyone who doesn't know what a six-man litter is uh if you've ever seen a tv show where they have that basket hanging from the cable and the helicopter 
the rescue basket, that's what a litter is. So in other words, it's literally a rescue basket that requires six people, one at the head, one at the feet, two on each side in order to evacuate a patient. Aha. Well, now you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's amazing that they were able to get this. Uh, you know, where this guy was able to get that done. It was. It's. A, you know, that's the, the, right place, right time for this Air Force guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, we've got a, We've got. We got another story here. Uh, so there are 24 prison inmates that are getting college degrees and graduate together thanks to a program in the University of California. Uh, you know, well, get, you know, maybe they, maybe maybe they're doing something okay over there. Uh, in California, prison inmates are, are preparing to make their second chance count by studying towards a college degree while incarcerated. Um, yesterday, 24 inmates in caps and gowns at the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego graduated with associate degrees in sociology and liberal arts before a ceremony honoring their commitments. Okay, I got to ask the question though why what, what the hell are they going to do with those degrees right well i mean the job market is is pretty vast right now maybe they'll find an employer that will hire them with this degree who believes in second chances i don't know but um you know it seemed to me that uh, yeah the trade schools would be better because then you can find a job for sure right it's it's you know the, we used to do the trade schools that would that be that would, seems to be better to me but that's i my- say that a lot you know, everybody says, oh, go to college, go to college. What about the fucking trades? I can assure you, electricians, plumbers, steel workers, these people are making bank. And it, it's necessary. Yeah. If we don't have HVAC and plumbing and heating and electrical and all of the necessary carpentry, you're fucked. Yeah. And there's just no two ways about it. I mean, yes, a college degree is great. And, you know, y'all know that I'm working toward getting one, which I want to put a little side digression on because... Side digression? That's right. I was reading recently, and I can't remember exactly the context, but um, it... Oh, I know what it was. It was for our own state, the college I attend. And they were talking about... They literally used the term first generation college students the way this is defined really pissed me off the first person you're the first person in your household to attain a degree above an associate degree so basically if you have an associate degree or less you've never been to college i'm like you cunts are you fucking real I'm getting a fucking associate's degree, so I'm not a college student. I'm what the fuck am I? Like fuck you guys. Fuck you. Yeah, seriously. I mean, they, you know, they, it's, it's yeah, they're dissing their what their own fucking product. I mean, yeah. Anyway, that that's just that's, that is exactly how I read it. Yeah, is bad I'm, fucking marketing. You know, terrible marketing. Yeah. So. um now, so, so far, okay, so, um, yeah, so the degrees were provided and issued by Southwestern College via the Restorative Justice Program of California State, which allows prisoners to study face-to-face with teachers while incarcerated. So far, the program has helped over 1,500 people better their chances for a successful societal reentry by increasing their employability, skill sets, and knowledge. Now, I never had the dreams or aspirations to even think about higher education, so it's truly an honor to be able to pursue education and find purpose and meaning for my life despite my environment. Program graduate what Derek Adams told NBC seven uh, Adams. Oh is, my God. Yeah. That really? sounds like a, sounds Gee, maybe if you had had the fucking drive and whatnot, you wouldn't ended up in prison meathead. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the uh, yeah um, yeah, or I love this. I li- I feel I literally uh, yeah. So Adams is serving a life sentence with the possibility of parole. So I don't know. Uh, I literally feel free through the pursuit of my education already. So that's why the concept of a life sentence doesn't really seem to apply anymore. He added. Now being system impacted myself, I understand firsthand the importance of restorative justice program and its power to truly shape the lives of incarcerated individuals seeking to better themselves. Said Raquel Funches. Inter- interim director of restorative justice who added that almost all 24 graduates are transferring to the four-year degree programs for the university of california irvine oh that's wonderful marketing for uc irvine Yes. While incarcerated at R.J. Donovan, these students now have the amazing opportunity to transfer to UC Irvine's Leveraging Inspiring Futures Through Educational Degrees program. What lifted, I guess, is what that comes out to. The first in-person BA degree completion program in the University of California system. Now, NBC7 reports that prisoners re-entering society are 48% less likely to return to prison over a three-year period. Uh, Do we want to test that theory? Um, I don't know about that, but well, I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering, um, if all you have to do is go to prison to get a fucking co- a free college education, uh, get a hold of your ex, have her come down to California. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, she already had two. two degrees. So- we'll, we'll, so- no, so that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Ugh. I'm saying, well, two, well. I can't even fucking talk today. We'll solve two problems at once. I'll off that fat bitch. You'll be free of your financial obligation. And I'll go get a college degree on uh, state of California's dime. <laughs> Whatever works, I guess. All right. Well, so and now I guess it is time we have to. We, it's time for the cavalcade of stupidity. Yeah, which, as if there's not enough stupidity that's been going on. Let's add to it. Let's add to it. So we we uh, we, we we thank our uh, our friend and compadre uh, Sir Ref Cybertracker for uh, for providing this uh, wonderful little piece of uh, material. Heidi ho pedalheads, and welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers of Well, since we're getting into October, I decided to uh, kind of reach down into the uh, the comedy horror genre and find myself a gem. I do have to say, this group is actually kind of hard to get any information on. So far, all the information I've been able to find is that. They make hilarious videos. So without further ado, released in October of 2018, this is The Merkins, or The Slash Street Boys. I'll kill you that way. Yeah, yeah. I said, you on fire. With gas and a lighter, you'll scream when I say I'll kill you that way. Sydney, my knife in the dark will reach to your heart. I'm Ghostface. And I'll kill you that way When you're done, ain't nothing but a dream state When you're done, ain't nothing like a crystal lake Tell me why, it's nothing but a singing I'll kill you that way I am Michael 
I'm not playing the whole thing. I am playing the I'm playing the air version, and then I will play. Then I will play the I will play that and eBay and probably yeah I, yeah I'm not. There will be much debauchery. There will be much debauchery in the post show, uh, which uh, the, the post show is going to come after uh, after uh, you know, after a funny thing about murder. So we got we, we've got a couple things going on here. Yeah, we're going to be uh, we're busy here, folks. Yes, um, we are. Yes, we are. So um, all right. Um, so let's uh, time to talk about the audio setup. So I, one of the things I tried to do. Um, one of the things I so I've been trying to improve our audio setup here for the last couple of weeks, and it's been a it's been a fucking gong show. So um, we decided at one point to try and hook up two roadcasters. Yeah, that doesn't work really well. I can't make. I, I, there's I either I either have a lot of audio noise doing that, or uh, I had a loop as we figured that out on Friday night or Friday Saturday. In uh, addition to yeah, which, yeah. Um, when we went to the recording because we had a tech glip. And the stream dropped yesterday. When we went to the recording, there was a gigantic jump from where we had been to where we ended up when we restreamed. We had to do a lot of, you know, quote unquote, copy paste and cutting and pasting. Yeah, I actually had to use audio. The problem of which is because I had my own roadcaster, the recording on which he was doing it wasn't picking up my voice. So yeah, it was it, literally yeah, it's not routing to the roadcast because it's not routing right. to my roadcaster. Right. right. So he's coming in loud and proud, and I sound like I'm on like double secret probation mute. Yeah. And that's a show title, double yeah, secret yeah. probation mute. Yes. <laughs> so we decided that we were going to completely reconfigure it, you know, before the show because that's always the best time to do it, which is why this clip even exists. What the fuck? Bad podcaster, get the spray bottle. The bad podcaster comes from a uh, grumpy old Ben's where Sir Bemrose was having a fantastic rant about podcasters that decide minutes before the start of their show. Oh, I think I'll do a hard reset or whatever on my computer. Yeah. Bad podcaster. It's a spray bottle. Yeah. So needless to say, <laughs> he decided right before we went live after the big show, great time to do it, that he was going to try to fix all of the ills that yeah, we well, had knew, been plagued was, with I knew last it was, night. Yeah. And so what I did, and so I basically tore down the other roadcaster. I realized that when I made, because part of the, I, one of the things I had did in all of this, there was a, there was a device that was hooked up to my roadcaster that was hooked up to a Focusrite Scarlet that went into the streaming computer. Now, uh, the roadcaster, so my roadcaster, the, the, the roadcaster Pro 2 that I have, um, is you know it has two USB ports on it, and they can be hooked up to two different computers. And so I and I didn't and I when I had set this up originally, I didn't you know the original roadcaster Pro only has one USB port. So I I, I that was so when I moved, I kind of did the lift and shift to the new one, but I didn't actually re-implement anything. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take this. Uh, uh, so it, it, as part of this whole process, couple couple weeks ago, I, I tore that out and I. 
I said, okay, fine. I'm just going to connect it directly to the to the streaming computers. And then the streaming computer is running Linux, and it uh, it was it was it was running Windows originally. And I and I finally got tired of you know I don't know it just Windows just kind of randomly dying for for reasons that don't make any sense. And you know the updates and the blah. Anyway, so I, I said, okay, well let's go Linux. Um, and uh, you know and I was using uh, you know, Pulse Audio back end and and there's and and you know there's and I've I had all the I had I had different uh, uh, virtual devices configured and everything and I find and but every once in a while it'll just freeze for no reason and so I said okay well uh, apparently Pipewire is a bit lower latency so I said okay so I actually when I was resetting everything up because I had torn everything back down so I've got the appropriate uh, I've got the appropriate virtual devices created so when the stream is going when I'm when I'm on the stream on off hours because of course we have our own if you're on the no agenda stream uh, we also have our own stream called Lotus Effect.stream. we play music on it on off hours and and you know the Lotus Effect is a uh, is a uh, live there you know when we're when we're when we're on the air but uh, um, so I have a virtual different I have kind of different couple of configurations to make sure that uh, you know I can hear the stuff that's played to the stream and I can hear the stuff that and I can you know and everything's going where it needs to go right a little audio routing so I reconfigured all of that with uh, with uh, pipe wire and hopefully everything is everything and, and I, I've been kind of doing some level adjustment here we tried you know, sometimes until you go on the air and people actually tell you what the what it actually sounds like you know you have to kind of uh, adjust things up and down a little bit so we've done yeah and it's hard to do that after you know when you're live after no agenda because of course the head troll who unfortunately will not be hanging out with us live on weekends because he's adulting yes which we're so. happy for him yeah. but um yeah, it, it's kind of hard when you're going live after the big show to get one of your pedal heads who's listening to No Agenda, as you do on a Sunday, to be like, hey, you want to pop over to our stream for a minute and help us unfuck some stuff? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we, we, we figured it out. So anyway, I think I, I think I managed to get it more or less sorted out. We're going to do a little bit more. Um, we, we yeah, but we've we've simplified things uh, back down to where uh, kind of where it was, although we still improved it. Uh, so in the grand scheme of things, so hopefully this is the last time we're going to have a major uh, shift uh, in, uh, in 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 any of this stuff. And, and God, I hope so, because this has made you just such a Kyle. My God, yes. you've been unbearable for the last couple of days with this tech shit. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, now I've also got I, I, people asked me about the the situation in Israel, which was which was of course the first story on No Agenda today. So I'm kind of glad I got to listen to it. Um, and here's here's what I know about the situation, right? And the, and, and and I, you know, and again, I, I've been just for some background. I work for an Israeli company. I've been going over there since 2009 um, on a pretty regular basis. Uh, we just came back, as a matter of fact, about two and a half months ago from an Israel trip. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. And, and so, it, so for me, you know, the, and, and I've been, you know, I've been working for this company for a very long time. Uh, so I've got a lot of friends over in Israel, right. In, 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 independent of, independent of people that I currently work with. And so all I've got no dog in that hunt, although yeah, we did go to the protest when we were there in, 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 uh, in July, but, uh, no that, regrets, no regrets about having done that. But now, um, yeah, now of course everybody's uh, afraid and, you know, of what, what, what's going on. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I looked at my work email and I got, there was an email in the inbox that came from the CEO that, you know, because, uh, you know, the, the, the company's headquartered in, in, in Israel. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so anytime there's anything going I, on I would in like Israel, to say a man who you have met as a matter of fact, you know, I've got pictures that, that I've, that I've met too. Right. And multiple times, in fact, amazing company. Yes. Uh, I, I was so blessed to have gone with him yeah. on this trip as his arm candy and gotten to rub elbows with some influential people in his company 
so that once I complete my degree, maybe I have a little advantage over other candidates to possibly get a position at his company. Yeah, one can. Yeah, certainly one can hope for all of that. But um, and I and I and I think that certainly helps <laughs> that you know the, the, with all of that situation. But I think so as well. Yeah. So, the, but uh, all I all I can say about it is I don't know what the politics are, right? I mean, it, you, you, if you if you listen to the news, obviously they've got one slant, and 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 my guess now, I think I've I think I've learned over the years if the media tells you it tells you the sky is blue, it's probably not. Um, I and I have something to say on that actually. Um, so when Adam was first talking about the story and I looked right at phone boy because we were actually in our bedroom and I'm like where's the bombs I don't hear any bombs and sure enough Adam was like no 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 they're doing it wrong and I looked at phone boy and I'm like called it Yes, she did. Um, yeah, and, I, and, and and here's the reality. And I and I and I've from the different time. I mean, maybe this is an escalation. I'm not sure. But here's the thing: they're used to it. I, I can assure you that you know that that the that the that the Israeli people. You know, and I'm not talking about the government. Fuck the government. I think we can. I think we can all agree that fuck BB. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree our governments don't represent us and haven't forever. You know, if they ever did, I don't know that they ever properly represented us. So, so I can tell you that the people of Israel. That, and I'm you know I mean real people right not you know not and not just like a couple people but like hundreds of people that that you should have seen all the people who were at the protest that we attended yeah it was really humbling yeah, to think that many people in one place were all supporting one idea. Yeah, and I and I and I can assure you that I mean I, I was there. We were we were there with a few people that I knew, and I, I'm sure there was other people there that I that I that I knew, but I didn't know they were there because it was a pretty big protest. I got to say that. So, um, so it is. So yeah, so you know, then basically what the what the mail from the CEO said is, look, do what you you know. We we've got some, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, stay safe, right? I mean, it's, there's a little more than that. That's probably all I'm going to say about it, but but they they're certainly there is uh you know there's there some people are depending upon where you live in the in the country you might be subjected to more and more of the action that's going on but people but I think in general people are used to this and and they because I mean they're they're I mean I've been over there and you know and again it's just it's like okay so a bomb will happen people will go into their bomb shelters and every every building in Israel has you know on every floor has a has a safe room that you can go into that should be safe from a you know from if if a missile hits the building kind yeah, of yeah and, and I got to see that actually at your company that was so it's pretty interesting the other thing i got to see which having never been out of my own country before i mean talk about go big or go home (laughs) flying all the way to israel for my first international flight but seeing the uh the aftermath of previous bombings that had occurred in tel aviv was really it, it was extremely humbling because you see the stuff on the news and you don't think shit about it. You're like, oh, that fucking sucks that they're going through that over there. But hey, I'm safe in my cozy little recliner in my, you know, in 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 my home in, you know, Walla Walla, Washington or whatever the fuck. I don't care. But you go over there and you see these things. You see these people and you realize that they're not just a news story. They're good people. They're hardworking people. And the devastation that they've had to put up with over religious bullshit, over land wars, over you name it, is really just a massive travesty. And hearing that the fighting had started again or ramped up to the escalation that it has with 
Now, who I know it's the Palestinians, but what's the name of uh, Hamas? The Hamas. That's Hamas. Right. Not to be the, confused with hummus. Yeah, not the hummus. The hummus the, they're not fighting the hummus. The hummus. They like the hummus, but the Hamas is fucking with them really bad. But on a serious note, I really feel bad for those folks because I met some amazing people when I was there, and the the things that I saw, the experiences that I had when they were talking about it this morning, it. It really, because the first thing I heard was from Apple News. I got a pop-up on my phone, and I kind of looked at Phoneboy, and I didn't want him to see the tears that were welling up in my eyes, but it was obvious that I could not contain my emotion over this because it, it's a place I've been. It's it's earth I've touched, yeah, and, and those, people those I've are my, Those are my with. friends over there. That's right. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm all verklempt, Dick. <laughs> So, talk amongst yourselves. Exactly. So, uh, so meanwhile, let's talk about this new podcast that you're that you're. Yeah, we're to trying do. to get this thing kicked off, uh, crazy uh, with scheduling. But Hempress Emily, we adore her. She has actually been here to Casa Lotus uh, when they came through when they were traveling, and also I talked to her all the time on the phone. And we finally had this silly idea that we should do a podcast together. So we chewed on a couple of names, and we have settled upon. Although I didn't know she had previously thought of this, it was it was very serendipitous, but. We agreed upon the name Coffee and Chronic, and we decided that we were going to do it on a Monday morning at 7 a.m., because what better way to start your day, all puns intended, than with some coffee and chronic? Yeah. Anyway, there, but uh, yeah, that, and and so yeah, I think the uh, we we had uh, and that that's actually yeah we'll we'll see how that goes in in practice because of course I have I do have some early morning things on Monday sometimes and as we're in in the studio so hopefully this well thankfully we have uh, flexibility yeah um, and much like Angry Tech News or GOB when something goes not to script you just let the no agenda community know that hey this show is going to be a little bit late or whatever whatever and we make provisions i mean we're going to try to be 7 a.m monday morning but it's all contingent upon phone boy schedule hempress emily and yeah. whatnot because yeah. thankfully with being in college and doing rideshare i kind of set my own schedule so if i have to be a little bit flexible one way or another i'm able to do so yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and I think it's uh, you know we're we're yeah we're trying to do a little bit more here. That's actually one of behind some of the changes I made. One of the things I did is I moved the 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 screen for the computer that does the streaming, which is actually a laptop. Um, I moved it between us so that she can see what's going on uh, on the on the big screen where I've got where I've got button in our you know in, in the music playlist and it makes it look more professional in our studio to be honest. Yeah, it does that too. So um, yeah, we're so yeah we've got you know we got all the monitors and everything and it's looking it, it, we're you know. I'm pretty happy with it, but uh, so yeah, those was some of the changes that we made. Um, now, um, and and there we, for, the, for that for the purposes of yeah future podcast, and actually you know, and, you know we're, and she's we're gonna we're gonna see how uh, we do with uh, with the funny thing about murder after this. That's right, yeah. episode five. Yeah. Coming straight at you. That's right. So, so st if you're on the No Agenda stream, stick around because uh, we're gonna we'll we'll do it. We'll do that live too. Because why not? Um, all right. So yeah, it's not. It's kind of going to be like an ATN. It's not going to be that long of an episode this time. And I'm pretty sure we won't be interfering with anyone else's. Uh, joy on the stream exactly because yeah it's a sunday night and yeah we i think we'll be okay and it's a uh, it's oh my god speaking of sunday night do we play today um yeah tonight yeah <gasps> 
Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Bang, bang, Niner. Okay. That's right. Uh, cowboy, Niners, Cowboys, after all this is all done. Anyway, uh, but what, Ooh, what, what, what's going to be a great ride? Yeah, what's, what, okay. So, what's up now uh, is we got our voicemails because it is, it is, it is uh, the, what we play during the refire segment. We, we play uh, voicemails. Uh, and it's not too late. 253 237 3321. Call us. Tell us what your favorite leftover is, like these wonderful pedal heads did. That's right. And we're, we'll, so we'll start with uh, one of our regulars here. Uh, let's, uh, let's play this. Hey-oh! Happy Saturday! Um, yeah. Uh, favorite leftover. Well, I mean, we got distinctions we got to make here. Are we talking hot or cold? Um, like, yeah. I mean, OG, it's going to be pizza, man. Um, I'm like, going up, like. Got to the point where, like, yeah, there's never leftover pizza. Like, yeah, that stuff's always gone. But uh, the passion was rekindled the other day because we had some uh, family get-together. And we had, a, uh, like, a whole, like, family-size uh, thing, uh, Papa Murphy's take-and-bike leftover, which is delicious to have. I just was reminded, like, I just had a cold one day. And uh, there the next day, and I was like, oh, man, dude, I forgot how good this is. So a little hot sauce on there and some uh, healthy little ranch dressing I think I might have put on there. But anyway, because uh, it was just like pepperoni, so it wasn't super fancy. But, uh, yeah, anyways, dude, like pizza, just OG. But, uh, I mean, just leftovers in general. My wife always says she's like, she loves leftovers because, you know, sometimes she doesn't have to cook, and it's already there. So, you know, win-win, and if you're already, already going through all the work of making food, you know, I'll just make some extra and make sure there's some for the next day, or at least the next morning. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, again, is it like breakfast? Is it, is it just for the next day for dinner? Um, it's like leftovers, leftovers. I would say like homemade spaghetti. I always know, like, my dad would make homemade spaghetti, and you have it one day, but you have it the next day, and it was muy, muy, muy bueno. Um, just because, you know, everything gets to simmer in and and uh, be better. So, um, again, hot, cold. I mean, like Chinese food. Chinese food is good, kind of cold, just barely warm. The next day, um, yeah. I don't know, dude. Just leftovers in general. Um, but yeah, again, nostalgia about pizza. I guess just from like growing up and just remember, like, ooh, cold pizza in the morning. So anyway, all right. Well, if I think of something else, I'll think of something else, and maybe I'll even call. So, Phoenix, phone boy, I love you guys. Play dangerous. And, uh, you know, whether it's now or it's later, or it's neither, maybe it's the past. I don't know. Where we're at? Where are we? You can always say, Kaka! Mr. Christopher Battles, I am with you. Cold pizza for the fucking win. All we right. were actually having an interesting pizza conversation behind the mic the other night because we were smoking some good herb and the balcony that leads from our bedroom outside, we have Airbnb guests and it smelled like they were having pizza. And I was like, oh my God, can you smell that pizza? It smells so fucking good, which is why I ended up making pizza that we posted the picture of yesterday in the chat. And it's also in the show notes for episode 104, but... I was like, he, of course, you know, phone boy had this great idea. He was like, all right. He's like, uh, not taking into account hot, fresh garbage. Money's no option. You want a slice. Where is it coming from? 
So I answered the question, which was a place called Vernon Pizza back in my home state of Connecticut. And there's just something about the crust. It's it's just perfect crust and the toppings. And I'm one of those weirdos that takes all the toppings off and just eats the dough underneath, except for the crust. Then I eat the toppings. Then I eat the crust. I like have a process. But it, when it comes to cold pizza, all bets are off on that. I'm just going straight in, full on, noshing out. Don't care if it's crust, topping, whatever. It, it's going in my mouth. And there needs to be Pepsi involved with that which also is hot fresh garbage and full of sugar but fuck you if we're not talking about worrying about hot fresh garbage and money's no option it's cold pizza it's pepsi and it's coming from vernon pizza if they're still open i'm hoping when we go up to my home area so he can see my hometown that we can grab a pie and and get naughty and what did you say your go-to for the whole pizza no garbage expense thing oh geez i was i i, I actually you said frankie and Fr- frankie johnny and luigi's which is actually that was the, the kind of the, which is a, a place in uh, in the bay area that uh that uh yeah that uh, it has a pretty good pizza that, that, that that's what i remembered as far as like anything that i would uh, go that i'd be even willing to try again at this point i mean we also talked and, and actually it's funny because i used to eat uh, uh i used to eat uh, papa murphy's all the time we'd we'd go get the uh you know with their their stuffed crust pizza that's got all the meat and cheese inside the you know inside the crust it's a we have a yeah. papa murphy's i have I've never had it though yeah it's it's all right i mean you know it's it's obviously fast food so but at least you prepare it in your own oven that's the only difference and actually the 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 cool thing about about it is because it's not prepared you can actually you know that's it, actually snap uh you know uh, if you're on snap or food stamps or whatever they call it now uh there's there's uh, you know you can actually use it because it's not because it's not a cooked product so you know, go figure although i guess they've changed the rules on that too so all right meanwhile um we're on to our next voicemail here and so uh let's uh let's do this do it what's up everybody what's everybody's favorite weirdo here um what was the question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, leftovers. That's it. Sorry, I'm riding around. I got home, and my fucking chickens got out, and I don't know where the fuck they're at. So I'm riding around my little bitty town looking for my damn chickens. Fucking little bitches. Any losers. Um, my favorite leftover is fucking meatloaf, dude. Like, oh, I know y'all are on this MSNG shit, but... um. Leftover day old leftover meatloaf on a sandwich, just a meatloaf sandwich. That shit is so fire. Oh, it's so good. Um, that's got to be my number one favorite uh, leftover food. Where the fuck are these bitches? Oh, so that's that's gotta be my 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 pick. Um, now, like, secondary, you know, um, bacon is always good. No matter what time of day it is, I'll cook it at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'll eat it at 9 o'clock at night. I don't care. Sit out all day. Bacon is awesome. Bacon is love. Bacon is fine. Uh, other than that, um, I'm trying to think here. I've been thinking all day about this, and meatloaf was the only thing, but I'm trying to, I mean, you know, think of something else here. Uh, No, I think that's it. Fucking meatloaf and bacon, dude. Like, oh, I guess the only thing that would be better than that is like a bacon meatloaf sandwich. 
I don't know if that <laughs> that's kind of gross. Uh, anyway, I hope everybody's you know happy and healthy and all that fucking jazz. Uh, bye. 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 You know what? I'm 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 with that meatloaf. Love meatloaf. Uh, and and I can't even hate <clears throat> on the meatloaf sandwich thing. Mashed potatoes on that meatloaf. Oh, gotta have it on Texas I, I, toast. I, I, okay, I, I'm 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 seeing an NSNG version of this being created. Well, all yeah. right. So, in fairness, I do make a kick-ass NSNG meatloaf that doesn't have breadcrumbs. I use, funny enough, pork skins. I chop them up really fine in the food processor and then I use them in place of the breadcrumbs. It works really well. Yeah. And, you know, we we do some other naughty things to our meatloaf like put cheddar cheese in it and yeah, things exactly. and stuff yeah. tomato sauce in it, but yeah, meatloaf is definitely a hella good leftover. I'm I'm with that. And a meatloaf sandwich even even more so. Like slap that shit on some toasted Texas toast, pile some mashed potatoes on top of it and <laughs> Yeah. So we had some, we had a couple of show titles come from the last couple of voicemails here. So we have Casino Cook, uh, My Grown Up, My Favorite Weirdo, uh, not spelled the way Weirdo spells it, and Bacon is Love. That's what, that's what, there you go. Yeah. So you too can be a show title. Go call 253-237-3321 like this caller did and, and uh, tell us what your favorite leftover is. My favorite leftover, I think, is leftover homemade chili. My son-in-law can make some of the best chili I've ever eaten. And that's saying something because I used to think mine was the best ever. And it's still not bad. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Bye. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my, my girl Phoenix here does make some pretty good chili. I'll say that. And it's an S&G. Sadly, yeah. it has no beans in it, because I'm not going to lie. Uh, there is a me who used to absolutely love beans in chili before going on S&G. Right, yeah, I, I could I could go with that. I think I remember my my granny used to make a chili. It was almost like a soup and it had it had um, it had beans in it. And yeah, you got to have dark and light kidney beans. If you're going to if you're not NSNG, you got to throw the light in the dark in there. Yeah. And I think that's something I need to start talking about with my culinary background is I understand not everybody eats NSNG. So I have to be friendly to those who do not because there's nothing wrong with the fact that you don't. I'm not going to you know, shit on you because you don't eat NSNG. You want to die early? That's your life. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. Um, but yeah, you gotta have you gotta have the dark and the light kidney beans and the chili. It just it has to happen. And Bushes, which is a Tennessee company, mm -hmm. actually makes a uh, chili bean. It's a uh, it's like beans yeah. in a chili yeah. sauce. It's a really good chili starter if you're not a uh, experienced cook. I guess it's it's pretty okay, but then again, you're still opening a can. Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to use beans in a chili, I would advise getting dried beans, soaking them overnight, and then using them. Better texture, better product. I agree. And all right, so let's go with uh, let, let's let's it's uh, we got the next caller here. Let's uh, let's play. All right. What up? What up? What up? For my other answer, you can listen to Saturday's uh, episode. But for today's answer, favorite leftovers. I think it's, which I probably mentioned on yesterday's episode, but I think it's just leftovers in general. Um, my wife had some extra taco spread stuff that she got at a Costco, because we got to mention Costco, you know. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so anyway, and then I was 
on my way home, it was like 10 something at night. I was like, hey, should I go, should I be grabbing some food or is there still leftovers? And there was leftovers. So we had dinner, essentially for free. And, uh, yeah. So just leftovers in general are great because, you know, don't have to make food later. So just leftovers in general, I guess. But yeah, tacos, they're great. Didn't have to heat anything up really. And, uh, or we didn't. And, uh, that's where we're at. So, all right. Yep. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy this uh, No Agenda after show slot. And uh, stay dangerous. Stay hydrated, but stay dangerous. And, uh, you know, whether or not you feel like it or not, go ahead and give the hearty caca! Even sick. I love the caca. And I'm with you. Leftovers in general for the win. That's actually something I've been trying to do, sort of, with it being... I like hanging out in Studio 33 with y'all. And even though I have the obligation, if you will, of making dinner for us, I still, you know, if I can make a leftover on a Friday if I'm not working or like today, I prepared our dinner before the show. So all we have to do if it gets cold is heat it up. And we'll talk about what I made in the behind the napkin segment or back of the napkin segment. No, it's, it's, no, it, oh, no, it's, oh, no, it's now, been renamed. It's the junk drawer. That's right. So we'll talk about it in the junk drawer. But other than that, yes, leftovers for the win. Definitely a great way to either enjoy something you cooked the first time or not have to put so much work in and still know that you're going to have a solid meal that evening. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say about your leftovers is they tend to be they tend to be all right as leftovers. Yeah, I, I suspect the reason I really didn't like leftovers is because what was left over wasn't really worth eating in the first first place. And it's funny, I can't remember which caller, and it might have been Weirdo, that mentioned the leftover spaghetti. Oh, man. I, I'm on that train. Like, the fat kid in me just jumped up and down and clapped wildly because there's nothing like taking a big fat pat of butter, melting it in the pan, and then throwing leftover spaghetti in it, put some salt and pepper on that shit, and heat it up. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm having a moment. I see. Yes. Uh, um, I, this call. This caller had a moment, um, and so and, and he decided to have it in, in, into a voicemail, and so we're gonna play it. Woo-hoo! Hey, face to the screen, pedalhead. I'm just driving home from work, so pardon the noise. I got the windows open on my truck here, and I'm driving past the venue with some live music. But yeah, fuck them. Anyway. I heard you guys just talking about the breathing through the nose versus breathing through the mouth thing. And I'll tell you what I do when I'm sleeping at night, I have like a little pillow that I jam under my chin. Like I hold it with my arm. Like I just, it's almost like a teddy bear, but I jam it under my chin to force my mouth closed. So I can't accidentally start breathing through my mouth while I'm sleeping. And I wake up, my nostrils are, my, my sinuses are still pretty clear. I think if you force yourself to breathe through your nostrils, you'll actually have a much better chance of not being congested. Uh, the only time that I wake up in the morning with my uh, sinuses congested is if I sleep with my mouth open. And I just, you know, my my body gets lazy and just starts breathing through the mouth instead of the nostrils. But I understand it's different, like Phoenix is sick and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it, it's not always a guaranteed 100% solution. But it does really help me a lot to just kind of just force my mouth shut while I'm sleeping so I have to breathe through my nose and I wake up with my nostrils pretty clear. So um, that's pretty much all. Um, listening to the show on the way home, and you guys have a good night. See you in Studio 33. 
Thank Bye. you, face to the screen. Yeah, and he actually he actually awesome. has, he has a follow up, I believe. Uh, so let me hit that. Let me hit that button. Hit this button, and off we go. Oh, hey, face to the screen again, pedalhead. Uh, so I didn't even know what the concept was of the uh, phone call tonight when I called earlier. But the leftovers. Let's talk about leftovers. Uh, I like things like I think I agree with. Uh, I'm not sure who it was. It called talked about meatloaf. Yeah, meatloaf's a great one. I like stuff like chili. You know, like a, a good pot of chili that after it sits overnight in the refrigerator, then you heat it back up. It's just it's better the next day, you know. Uh, but one of my things is I like to judge food by whether or not it still tastes good even when it's cold. Pizza is excellent for that. You know, if you got a slice of pizza that doesn't taste good cold, it probably wasn't even good in the first place. Uh, the same goes with a lot of other foods. You know, like I I eat a lot of cold leftovers now. I'll just grab it out of the fridge and just start eating it without even heating it up because. Well, like with tacos, it's it's great to heat them up because you just take the ingredients, put it back together. It's almost like brand new tacos all over. So you're experiencing brand new tacos again every time. But like a pot of chili, yeah, you can take the time to heat it up, but it's just like the ingredients thickened up. You know, it's it's actually kind of like congealed itself together a little better, and you know. But I mean, honestly, I think if something's not good when it's cold, it probably just was not good in the first place. That's about how I feel about leftovers. Uh, so, and the pedals. Well, thank you, face of the screen. We appreciate you. Appreciate Absolutely, and I, I agree yeah. that if the pizza isn't good cold, it probably was not good hot either. And I, it's interesting because I remember going to a place in Amarillo, Texas called the Big Texan. Y'all have probably seen it on shows that have those food challenges because they do have the 72 ounce steak that if you can eat it and its accompaniments in an hour you eat for free and this meal is is a couple hundred dollar meal at last check i've seen it and i've also seen people taking it or trying to take it down and ironically enough the steak that i got from that restaurant was so good cold. It was just as good as when it was hot. And I had never found a piece of meat that tasted just as good cold as it did hot. So I definitely want to take Phone Boy there at some point to experience that steak dinner. Because I don't think he'll be able to take that whole 72-ounce steak down, although I think I would probably have an orgasm if I saw him do it. But it would definitely be an experience of a really good steak dinner with some quality moo. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm 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 looking forward to being able to do that. But uh, you know, we've got to. Um, but yeah, I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to um, get back. I think we've. I think we've. Uh, I think we've gotten through all the voicemails. Uh, you are. Oh wait, a minute, we got one more. Holy, Woo! holy, holy, holy hell! We got another voice. That's a weirdo. That's a weird. Yeah, I believe that is a weirdo, and we're gonna play the, the weirdo voicemail. Hey everybody, it's uh, weirdo again. So it seems like I uh, hit a chord with this whole meatloaf thing. Um, so to, to, to add to what I said about the little meatloaf sandwich thing, um, specifically, I like it to be a thin slice of leftover cold meatloaf on a King's Hawaiian roll. That is, or, and you warm the roll just a little bit so that, you know, all the, um, we'll call them flavor molecules, get excited, and they throw a big party in your mouth when you bite into it. It's super, super delicious. 
So, uh, yeah, I just had to clarify that. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, so I have to actually put a little bit of disagreement in that only because I really think that if you're going to have a meatloaf sandwich, it's got to be a nice thick piece of meatloaf. I can get with the King's Hawaiian bread, though. Oh, that is that is bringing me back to Thanksgiving time when the only rolls that were acceptable were the King's Hawaiian. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Those King's Hawaiian rolls are pretty good. Uh, they, they're they are used for funeral rolls. I think at least that's at least that's the recipe my ex used for for those. And those things are those things are stickly sweet anyway. Like, yeah. Anyway, but but they last forever. You know, as long as the ants don't find them, I guess. All right. So I think um, is it. Uh, so are you ready over there to uh, for the for the next uh, segment? Oh, sure. You're actually going to make me work and shit. Yes, I'm actually going to make you work and shit. God, so, so. you are so rude, I swear. I know. Okay, well, let's well, get... Well, I, I guess I could be absolutely inconvenienced to actually act like a professional here. Exactly. All right, well, let's play our uh, thing. Smoke I'll smoke weed every day. Smoke a little reef. You know, I, I like to smoke. Rafer, you know, I'd relax as many other things. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not free base cocaine. <laughs> yes, I was, hey, I, somebody, somebody, yeah, somebody was misfired there. It was not me, because remember, it's in the order, right? I play the higher consciousness clip, and then you play your... I told you, I'm sick. I'm medicated. Okay, well... Smoke weed every day. There we go. The American Nurses Association announced last week it now formally recognizes cannabis nursing as a specialty practice. The professional association, was re- which represents the interest of more than 5 million nurses in the nation, also noted that cannabis nursing is identified by the American Cannabis Nurses Association as a specialty nursing uh, practice focused on the healthcare of consumers seeking education and guidance in the therapeutic use of cannabis. Now, we are deeply gratified by the groundbreaking establishment of cannabis nursing as an ANA-recognized nursing specialty. Nurses are the largest group of health professionals and providing an opportunity to change the healthcare paradigm and include diverse wellness modalities beyond traditional Western medicine, said ACNA President Rachel uh, Parmley, uh, uh, R-M-S-N-R-N-C-N-E-A-H-N-B-C, whatever the, f- the you're talking about. She's a- got an ass load of initials after her name that just means she spent way too much fucking time in school. She's a book smart idiot. Yes, something something along those lines. So the uh, cannabis nursing requires specialized knowledge and competencies to navigate care and address the stigma associated with medical cannabis use to support a healthy society. We seek to create lasting transformative change that enriches both specialized and general nursing practices, ultimately serving the well-being of patients nationwide. Where is that fucking you mean the bullshit clip? clip? Yep. That's what I'm talking about. That's on, that's on you because uh, you know. No, yeah, I don't fucking <clears throat> bullshit. Yeah. yeah, that that's exactly what I'm. Yeah. What I'm saying right now. Yeah, so the ANA has supported providing safe access to therapeutic marijuana and related cannabinoids for over 20 years. Now, the association is the sole reviewing body of specialty nursing scope of practice and standards of practice. Requests for specialty recognition and affirm- affirmation of focused practice com- competencies. In 2021, the ANA issued an official policy statement affirming that cannabis and cannabis derivatives are used to alleviate disease symptoms and side effects. The position statement called for a scientific review of marijuana status as a Schedule One drug under the Controlled Substances Act and suggested that cannabis instead be listed as a Schedule II drug, which would facilitate research into the medical benefits of cannabis. Well, 
one can hope, but, uh, you know, that's, we're, we're still trying to get, uh, you know, it's, it's still not legal in some states, you know, there's that whole thing. Yeah. Too. Why don't we start with, uh, federal legalization and then we can worry about the other, you know, if you just make it federally legal, then the schedule won't matter. And I actually had a rider in my ride share last week that was a nurse and was talking about this new subsect of nursing. And the context in which we were talking about it was the drug testing for commercial drivers because of course they're trying to adjust the laws and and this is a step in the right direction in my opinion but they're trying to adjust the laws so that if a driver wants to they're they're trying to come up with a test where if a driver uses on the weekend on their off time, they're not in a, in a state that's legal, that they're not penalized because they get popped on Monday morning when the boss says, here's a slip of paper, go pee in a cup and you pop hot for weed, you're done. And they're trying to have specialized tests and they're trying to change the legislation so that on your off time, much like alcohol use, if you live in a state where it's legal, you can use so she was saying how this sect of nursing would be used for that purpose, which I found interesting. I was going to go to class before I got high. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Michigan K to 12 students could use medical pot on school grounds under a new uh, bill that's currently uh, that's currently in the legislature in, in, in Michigan. I uh, want to know. I, I think they finally caught up. I think your parents were pioneers. I guess uh, Michigan students enrolled in K-12 schools might be allowed to consume their medical cannabis on school grounds and on the bus. Some something anyone who was bullied on those tragic vehicles is likely jealous of Fox two Detroit uh, uh, reports. Now, if it, if that is, that is if new legislation introduced last week, Mich Michigan house democratic representatives introduced the bill and which would allow students to ta to take edibles and infused beverages and other low dose cannabis and CBD products. Now as much fun as some readers may have to imagine kids lighting up a joint on the back of a school bus and telling bullies where to shove it, teachers will be in charge of administering the cannabis and not in the form of joints. Those prescribed medical marijuana will require written specific permission about when it can be taken. The legislation aims to make it easier for kids who use cannabis therapeutically to take their medicine. Now, in Michigan, the use of medical cannabis by children requires approval not just from not just one, but two medical professionals. The rule sets Michigan apart from the majority of states where medical marijuana is legal, as many of these states do not impose a minimum age requirement of 18 for medical marijuana users. Conditions that can be treated by medical cannabis for children include epilepsy, autism, muscular dystrophy, attention deficit disorder, and pain and nausea due to cancer. Okay, I have to say something. Every fucking kid is getting diagnosed with ADHD. We're going to have a bunch of kindergarten potheads. I swear to God. Yeah, well, I, I, I was a trailblazer <laughs> in that regard. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, it is, uh, you know, the, in, in the, so the, in other Michigan news, uh, looking at adults, uh, um, those past school age and part of the job market, as of Sunday, most government jobs will no longer drug test prospective employees for cannabis. It, it even has retroactive effects as those who have been denied jobs regarding positive THC tests have a chance to get the same sanction, uh, same sanctions. J uh, John Noki, uh, state per uh, personnel director, proposed this change to the Michigan Civil Service Commission on May 12th. Now, following 
that at a July 12th meeting, the Michigan Civil Service Commission approved the proposed additional changes while adopting the rule amendments that would allow for revoking active sanctions for some applicants who tested positive for cannabis in drug tests since 2020. Well, okay, that sounds like a step in the right direction after all. It's, it does. Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, um, here's, okay, of course, now I think, here, this is... Yeah, um, you know, we talk about, yeah, so, of course, Tupac's from Oakland, where this story comes from. Uh, nearly $37 million of illegal weed found in Oakland, California warehouse. Now, now, now wait a minute, but weed's illegal in California. What the fuck? Weed's legal. Yes, it is. Yeah, so, apart, yeah, because it didn't come from, it didn't, yeah, yeah, so, agents from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife uh, uh, raised the, where, raided the warehouse uh, on, fed, on September 28th, located on the 300 block of Adeline Street in Oakland. Now, law enforcement officers eradicated 41,082 cannabis plants and destroyed 1,841 pounds of processed cannabis. Wait, uh, a moment of silence. Thank you. The officials say that the estimated retail value was $36,930.300. Could they have done like 33 or something? I mean, come yeah, on. Well, bad marketing. Very bad marketing. And also, it's just another example of how the, uh, you know, it, it don't steal. The government hates competition. That's right. I'm sure, and I'm sure they all, I'm sure all the government guys smoked it too. Now, according to CDFW spokesperson Janice Mackey, this is one of the largest cannabis enforcement actions in terms of retail value in the Bay Area this year. Now, Fox KTVU 2. Just this year. Yeah, just that's right. For Fox KTVU 2 reports that three guns were confiscated at the scene as well. Now, no one was arrested, but suspects were interviewed, Mackey told KTVU 2 in an email. Now, it's unclear what tipped off officials to the warehouse, but they typically rely on concentrated uh, citizens to bring attention to these operations, or concerned citizens. I'm sorry, concentrated citizens. Snitch! Yes, exactly. Now, the CDFW representative said this is an ongoing investigation and no other information is available at this time. Now, CDFW maintains... I'll tell you exactly who the fuck ratted a rival fucking dealer. That's you right. know that's a dealer's warehouse and rival found out about it and fucking blew the whistle. That that reeks. Yes, exactly. So, um, but uh, CDFW maintains it has a public trust responsibility to protect and conserves California fish and wildlife resources. Now, cannabis cultivators, like most other industries, must comply with fish and game code. So, you know, because <coughs> bullshit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But uh, uh, you know, we've got some. Yeah, I've, I've, God, I'm putting. I'm putting. Um, I'm, I'm. I'm creating. I'm, I'm creating lots of show titles today. But I do that every day anyway. I guess. Well. And and I know we've already said it before, but we shit show titles. Yes, we do. I think we we may even use it as a title. Yeah, somebody forgot to pay off the Fed boys. You damn right, weirdo. That's exactly. I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, this story reeks and not in a good way. Yeah. So, all right. Now we are now not. We it's no long no longer called the back of the napkin segment. It's actually now called the junk drawer. Thank you, Mama T, for coming up with that. But with but and we might need to change the clip that that opens this now. I'm sorry. It looks like it's alive. And living in the fridge. So, what is for dinner tonight, my love? I'm offended. I didn't want to change it. No, oh, we 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 might. <laughs> we, we don't have I love, to. I love Mama, but. I like back of the napkin. It goes along with the whole food thing. And since we're talking about what I'm cooking, but irrelevant to the fact, I decided to do a play on beef bourguignon tonight. So I took a gorgeous chuck arm roast, seasoned it, and let it sit in the fridge 
for more than 24 hours. And then I cut the bone out of it, which I saved to put in the stock and then cut it up into chunks and made a kind of a, an off, kind of an offshoot of a beef bourguignon. So it's actually ready. It's down in the kitchen in the cast iron Dutch oven that it was prepared in. Yeah, my and, my uh, goodness! Somebody, somebody's yeah, out excited. there. Somebody's outside having a good time. I yeah, could, I no could. kidding. Loud AF. Yeah, no, no kidding. But I'm I'm sure that during the Studio Thirty Three portion, that there will be uh, much much yeah. reporting on the deliciousness of this particular dish. Yeah. I, I, and by the way, it, it, it's 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 funny that, uh, that that Bemrose writes it as as beef borg, which is actually how it's written in our in our uh, script. And yes, yeah. I'm making that a potential show title because make it mm, happen. Yeah, resistance is futile. Uh, you will you will no, be assimilated. Resistance is tasty. Resistance is tasty. There we go. Yeah. So um, yeah, that is that is some great. St- uh, that, yeah. So and and you made beef bourguignon. I think like on my birthday. I last made year. a proper beef borg for you for your birthday. This. I'm hoping because I didn't have enough red wine because I didn't realize that I only had one small bottle left. And there were a couple other steps that go into making Julia Child's beef bourguignon, which is my favorite recipe, that I really didn't feel like going through because I don't feel well. So I kind of took a shortcut. If it comes out good, I'll shortcut again. If it doesn't, I will never stray. That's right. Well, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes you got to test and see what happens, right? This is, you know, that, that is... That's uh, right. You know, part of why I'm such a fantastic chef is that I'm willing to take chances and sometimes it doesn't always come out. You know, the the whole reason I got into cooking was because of Julia Child. And she often says, never apologize for, you know, do it with commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commit to your mistake. Yeah. Commit to your mistake, and, and in case we lean into it, that's so, right. That's a, so yeah, you, yeah. So Julia Child got you to commit to your mistake, and and you know, we, we say we've evolved phone boy put we, it on a microphone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's called science. That's right. Okay. So meanwhile, uh, okay. So uh, can you? Your sports team is inferior. Yes, it, it is uh, because uh, so so this this was a, this was a story in the leftovers because we we I, much like uh, we have leftovers in the fridge. I have leftovers because I'll flag things for for uh, for inclusion and and sometimes you will end up with uh, um, you know the, or you know and sometimes I and much up, like the leftovers in the fridge, sometimes it gets thrown away because it's been sitting there too long and it's no longer relevant. Yeah, well, this is I figured that even though this is a this is a, a little bit older of a story, it is I think it is completely relevant because it's it's still kind of funny and sort of timeless. Are you sure it hasn't been covered by ATN and Sir Bemrose? I'm not sure about this one. So Gannett stops using AI to write articles for now because they were hilariously terrible. Now, over the past few months, as an AI as AI platforms have exploded in number and notoriety, as have genuinely interesting ways for using those tools exploded, so too have written a number of posts on attempts to have bots write journalistic articles only to find them to be subpar in the extreme. Now, the, the world of sports journalism has always been considered the kid brother to the big boy and girl journalists. Uh, so perhaps you won't think of it as a big deal when a company like Gannett has to admit that, that its attempt at injecting AI-written articles for local sports uh, coverage uh, was a failure. But it's ultimately all the same problem. And in the case of several of these attempts, the problem went viral and everyone had a good laugh at how terrible it was. And so I'm going to read you a story that was published in the Columbus Dispatch. And it was a high school It was a high school football game. Uh, Westernville Northern escapes Wester, Westerville Central in Thin Win in Ohio. That is the, that is the headline. And it is, and it is uh, the, the, the byline for this is 
lead AI, uh, L-E-D-E, as in, you know, and so basically it's, uh, you know, I guess it's, I guess it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bot, right? Um, so here, so here's the here's what it said. The Westerville North Warriors defeated the Westerville Central Warhawks twenty-one to twelve in an Ohio high school football game on Friday. That doesn't sound weird Riveting. at all. Riveting. Yes, the Westerville North edged Westerville Central twenty-one twelve in in a close encounter of the athletic kind at Westerville North High on October on August eighteenth in Ohio football action. Now Westerville opened with a seven zero advantage over Westerville Central through the first quarter. Now the Warhawks trimmed the margin. To make it 7-6 at halftime. Now, Westerville North jumped to a 21-6 lead heading into the final quarter. The Warriors chalked up this decision in spite of the Warhawks' spirited fourth quarter performance. Now, I mean, does that sound like a human wrote that fucking shit? Not even a little. No, it sounds terrible. Yeah, and I can see and I can see this shit from a mile away. I mean, I can clearly see, for example, when a post on the community that I that I uh, that I'm the uh, the the chief bottle washer for. Uh, I, I therefore I see. I also re- uh, look at a lot of spam. Yeah, you can tell when posts are being written by a fucking bot. It, it, it's it's not even fucking close, right? So uh, that's the so, whole reason that instructors are able to tell if you used a bot to write your paper because it totally looks like it's been written by a bot. Yeah. In case you thought that these publications would have a policy for these articles being reviewed by actual human meat sacks or that the above example is as bad as it could get, allow me to disabuse you of both notions with a simple article, single article that was written by Lead AI for the Columbus Dispatch. The Dispatch's ethical guidelines state that AI content has to be verified by humans before being used in reporting, but it's unclear whether that step was taken. Another AI-written sports story in the Dispatch initially failed to generate team names publishing winning team mask Mascot in double brackets and losing team mascot. Now, the dispatch has since updated AI generated stories to correct those errors. So, no, clearly these papers aren't doing any serious form of human checking of these AI written posts. And it's a pretty big goddamn problem in the world of which the credibility of journalists and journalism is under such a constant assault. Well, maybe if they stop spewing shit. You might actually believe them, yeah, because pretty much you can be guaranteed that anything that anything in the media says it's probably the, it's probably the opposite, right? Yeah, so. and and when AI butt fucks you, don't cry because you did it to yourself. Yes, and so outsourcing journalism AI t- t- uh, journalism to AI that writes like a seven year old that is thumbing through the th- th- thesaurus isn't going to inspire a great deal of confidence in journalism. I agree about that. Yeah, and people, I mean, there's already a major dip in reading an actual newspaper. It's becoming something of old folk fodder and going by the wayside. And this is not helping that credibility, whether it's online or in print. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can tell by the, I mean, yeah, certainly it's both, it's both, an, it's an audience thing, uh, you know, but the, yeah, a lot of the stories in our local newspaper certainly seem to be geared at the elderly population, so... Well, we live in a resort retirement community. That's kind of expected. Yeah, well, exactly. The fact that we still have a paper, it's probably, <laughs> that's, that's the only reason we probably still have a paper at this point. Um, it gets it, delivered to our mailbox. It's very sad. Yes, it is. But it's, you know, it's there. So meanwhile. The upper class keeps all of the money, pays none of the taxes. The middle class pays all of the taxes, does all of the work. The poor are there just to scare the shit out of the middle class. Yeah. So um, now the the IRS has announced uh, that thanks to new funding boost, it's launching a a sweeping historic tax enforcement initiative using artificial intelligence boost. Yes, and and another and other cutting edge uh, materials here uh, to uh, to yeah. Uh, let's see where where is it uh, to, to, to catch, help tax, catch take tax evaders yeah, more we, 
effectively. Yes, because the new enforcement thrust is said to focus on higher earning Americans and big corporations, which we know don't pay a lot of taxes, uh, with the IRS pledging not to increase audit rates for people earning less than $400,000 per year. The ta- <clears throat> Bullshit. Yeah, the, the tax agency said it would prioritize cases involving taxpayers over a million dollars, but with recognized tax debt of more than $250,000. Now, the IRS said that cutting-edge machine learning technology has already played a role in helping the agency flag an open investigations into 75 of the largest partnerships in the United States, each with over $10 billion in assets on average. Now, Mr. Werfel said in a memo to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen that part of what is now a $60 billion cash infusion would buy artificial intelligence tools that uh, that uh, technology and data advances will allow us to focus enforcement on taxpayers trying to avoid taxes rather than taxpayers trying to pay what they owe. In the, in the plan, the IRS focused mostly on the, uh, on the customer service aspects of the technology boost, pledging to improve the taxpayer experience by introducing chatbots, online portals, and electronic notice responses. Now, Because to- we know how wonderful those things work in our day-to-day life. Yeah, and calling the IRS is an already a major hemorrhoid with razor blades sticking well, out. Well, I can tell you from having to had to call the try to call the IRS myself, it was a find even getting it getting anything that resembled a human was a challenge. I finally ended up calling. It's a fucking gong show. Yeah, I, I eventually ended, I finally called taxpayer. Uh, I think it was taxpayer advocacy is about the only thing because I because I had a weird problem with you know trying to update you know my 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 stuff right well, you know around the divorce and whatnot and so it was a little, there was a little bit of a gong show there but it, it is a yeah so i don't know that a, a chat bot would help or hurt things i'm not exactly sure i probably increased my already, rage level here's the thing it's already a fucking gong show when you call the irs now it's just going to be an ai generated gong show ai generated gong show there we go so you are welcome yeah, ai generated gong show this is uh we we got to do that speaking of gong shows y'all are gonna love this one Alexa, what do you do? I can touch my tongue to my eyeball. Want to see? <laughs> That's right. So Amazon's Alexa has been claiming the 2020 election was stolen. We just could not help but cover this. So amid concerns, the rise of artificial intelligence will supercharge the spread of MIMF's information comes a wild fabrication from a more prosaic source. Amazon's Alexa, which declared that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. Asked about fraud in the race in which President Biden defeated former President Donald Trump with 306 electoral college votes, the popular voice assistant said it was stolen by a massive amount of election fraud, citing Rumble, a video streaming service favored by conservatives. The 2020 race was notorious for many incidents of irregularities and indications pointing to electoral fraud taking place in major metro centers, according to Alexa. Referencing Substack, a subscription newsletter service, Alexa contended that Trump won Pennsylvania, citing an Alexa Answers contributor. Multiple investigations into the 2020 election have revealed no evidence of fraud and Trump faces federal criminal charges connected to his efforts to overturn the election. Bullshit. We know for a fact there was fucking evidence, but anyway. Yet Alexa disseminates information, misinformation about the race, even as parent company Amazon promotes the tool as a reliable election news source to more than 70 million estimated users. 
Amazon declined to to explain why its voice assistant draws 2020 election answers from unvetted sources. These responses were errors that were delivered a small number of times and quickly fixed when brought to our attention, Amazon spokeswoman Lauren Ramhild said in a statement. We continually audit and improve the systems we have in place for detecting and blocking inaccurate content. Rumhild said that during elections, Alexa works with credible sources like Reuters, Ballotpedia, and Real Clear Politics to provide real-time information. After the Washington Post reached out to Amazon for comment, Alexa's responses changed. Now, to questions the Post had flagged to the company, Alexa answered, I'm sorry, I'm not able to answer that. Other questions still prompt the device to say there were election fraud in 2020. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, there's a couple of things on this. Now, I understand that this is, it, it seems like, yes, that, 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 that this would not necessarily pass the bullshit filter because we, you would expect a Silicon Valley co- thing to do to get the, uh, uh, the uh, you know to, to produce the right information about something that's very controversial, right? Um, I, th- I don't think I, I don't think there's a single person or a single group of people that can completely control what these things can do. I mean, it is a it's a it's a continual process, and 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 so it and they don't always they don't always produce they they can't tell you why it chose what it did. They they, they there's a lot of mumbo jumbo hand waving like well. It, you know, it kind of did this, whatever it's, and they, you know, they try to, they're, you know, and even if you try to read like the GPT-4 system card and you see what kind of guardrails they try to put in, they can't, you know, they can't really control what it does effectively. And so there, there's so, yeah. And it's of course being fed bullshit. So yeah, I don't know that these things are, you know, like I said, I, again, I, a computer is only as intelligent as the information it's programmed with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there, and, and I think, and, and, and this is definitely true. Yeah, and I think that is uh, that is no that nobody has any idea what what they've actually uh, created, um, you know, for all all of this. But it is uh, you know that people. Do, yeah, and I think I think in any Silicon Valley company, there's probably about there's probably about two percent of the people or less than that that actually know what the fuck is going on. Every you know, a lot of other people are just not uh, that. And that's just that. It seems like that's the case in, in, in a lot of companies. I think too. There's only few. There's you know, and they're not necessarily people that are in high high things, but they're people in places. You know, they're they're places you may not even expect in the organization that uh, that have that have in that are, that are able to uh, you know to that that know what's going on. Everybody else is just kind of you know going along to getting along that kind of thing, kind of like uh, the real world, I guess. Um, you know, so um, but uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay so, so mean- for, <laughs> this this one's gonna hurt Sir Ben Rose for our next story. That's right. Um, now the CISA reveals admin one two three is a top security threat in cyber sloppiness chart. Okay, well, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, which is CISA, and the National Security Agency are blaming unchanged default credentials as the prime security misconfiguration that leads to cyber attacks. Now, um, sticking with the default credentials in software systems and applications, uh, topped the agency's top ten major cybersecurity misconfigurations based on data pulled from the red and blue team exercises. Now, now. The cybersecurity advisory released this week aims to encourage uh, software manufacturers to adopt secure by design and secure by default principles through the development cycle. Um, and I, I think I agree with that. Now, the misconfigurations in CISA illustrate a trend of systematic weakness in many large organizations, including those with mature cyber postures, and highlights the importance of software manufacturers embracing secure by design principles to reduce the burden on network defenders. Now, the top 10 list. Now, I, I'm sure I could probably go back 
through the, what, the, what, what cybersecurity professionals have been saying. Oh, I don't know, since before we called it cybersecurity, since it was just IT, right? Uh, what, you know, where, where, do the, where do the compromises come in? Well, it's default configurations of software and applications. People don't mess with them until, unless they have a reason to. So this should be secure by default as much as possible. Right? If it ain't broke, yeah, break it. That's right. Uh, improper separation of user administrator privilege. This is where we start getting into you know, basically pebcac errors, right? So that means, yeah, don't this we call this least privilege, folks. Only have the permissions to do what you need to do and no more, right? And if you can do more than you're than you than you should be allowed to do, then you've got a different. Uh, that's a different problem, right? And okay. And for anyone who doesn't know what a pebcac is, it's problem exists between keyboard and chair, basically meaning the ID10T joke. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yes. So insufficient internal network monitoring. Now, I can definitely, that's to say lack of network segmentation. I see that all the freaking time. Uh, poor patch management. Bypass of system access controls. Yeah, weaker misconfigured multi-factor authentication methods. Insufficient access control lists or on network shares and services. Uh, poor credential hygiene and unrestricted code execution. Now, this is all stuff that we've been saying in the industry since before we called it cybersecurity. Yeah, it's, it's, this is, this is nothing new, y'all. I, 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 it's, it's like okay. No matter how much we say, don't do these things. Organizations do these things. Not, not they don't. They're trying not to do it. They're, you know, I mean, I don't think I don't think there's anybody that wants to be compromised. But people don't realize that yes, all these things matter. And if you actually set things up correctly, yeah, because 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 you know, and a compromise may happen. But if you can limit its its scope to a manageable level by setting up a lot of these things, you know, the best practice sort of way. You're, if you have a problem, it's not going to be a big one. So. Yes, an SMS uh, multi-factor. Yes, I disagree. It is, uh, there's there's definitely better ways to do that. So, um, okay, and I think we are now at this phase in the uh, in the set where we we are, we are into the dishonorable mentions of the, of the show. Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. Oh, uh, so somebody's phone ringing. Yeah, we got. A, I know we got a lot of Apple devices here in the studio, but no, that was hashtag Apple regret. Yes, exactly. We talked about that a lot. That, that's a potential show title too. Actually, I didn't even think about that. Uh, another security update on Apple. You've been keeping. You've been really been keeping up with your tech rivals. And I. And the reason I brought this. Uh, um, I actually brought this up because we were actually we've been we were having a, a behind the mic uh, discussion about this because yeah there's been a lot of Apple updates recently and it turns yeah and it's annoying as shit that like every couple of days oh another update another iOS update like my life. Yes. So, um, so, um, the Apple has demonstrated that it can more than hold its own among the tech giants, at least in terms of finding itself on the wrong end of zero day vulnerabilities. Now, iOS and iPad OS have again come under attack and Apple has rushed out a fix to ward off miscreants. Yeah. I love, I love the writing in, in the register, otherwise known as L reg, uh, which is, uh, which is, a, a, you know, a great, if you're, if you're, if you're a dude named Ben and you're not reading the reg, you're not doing it right. Um, the latest issues are CVE 2023 four 42824 and CVE 2023-5217. The latter is a week old and refers to a heat buffer overflow in the VP8 compression format in libvpx. Apple noted that the overflow could result in arbitrary code execution and fixed it by uploading libvpx to 1.3.1, I believe is what it said. 
And uh, the and, and then and then uh, you know the former, however, is a little more mysterious at this stage. It permits a local attacker to elevate their privileges. And, and Apple said it might have been actively exploited against versions of iOS before sixteen point six. The fix is in the kernel, and according to Apple, the issue was addressed with improved checks, whatever the heck that is, right? Um, so, but yes, yeah, so we've been getting a lot of updates, but it's better to it's better to have them and have them come out uh, rapidly than to not put them out at all, which is usually which is like my one of my biggest complaints about Android phones. There are, there, there are unpatchable vulnerabilities that are shipped. And I actually found, I was finding an article that I might cover in the future about the fact that, yes, there are unpatchable vulnerabilities that are shipped with the devices that are, that, and, and there's no way to update them on your own. So, um, you know, that's, that's, a real, that's a real thing. Yeah, th- this next story is hilarious, though. So uh, podcasting's fallout uh, continues, and uh, this is and this is uh, we call this the in the you can't monetize the network department. Uh, the pain is not over yet for the podcast industry, with layoffs and cancellations continuing to pile up. Uh, Amrita covered the M- WNYC layoffs yesterday, which, thanks to negotiations between management and the union, were not as steep as initially expected. Six percent laid off versus twelve percent previously announced last week. Pushkin laid off another thirty percent of staff in its third round of cuts this year with shakeups even targeting the C-suite. And live audio took another hit on Wednesday with Amazon shutting down AMP. Now, you know, I mean, I'm not worried. You know, I'm, I'm not worried about uh, the, you know, the, the, the podcast industry is a, is a money-making thing. You know what? We have, a, we have a great thing going here. So Yeah, and, you know, unlike Adam and John, we're not trying to live off of what we make from our podcast. This is true. But, uh, but again, it is something that we, uh, uh, yes. It, 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 I mean, no shade thrown on the podfather. And he is the one who said it. You can't monetize the system. That's right. Is, yeah. I mean, he, he tried to monetize the system. This was, this is what pod show slash media was all about. And, and yeah, we already, you know, already kind of proven that. And it's, yeah, they're, you know, they're thinking the advertising market's so great. I mean, this is also, you know, also part of this is, uh, this, you know, this, this is some of the issues that they were, that they were arguing about with the, you know, with the, with the writer's strike and, you know, in, in Hollyweird. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Can, and we know how that's ending up. Yeah. Uh, once again, AI is being implemented because if, they want too much money well guess what i don't have to pay a fucking computer or anything that's right all right so we got we got one more story here ready yeah so the narrative a native american group threatens national boycott if washington football team or the or the or the wt yeah the wtfs uh doesn't change their name back to the redskins i love this i love this story the native american guardians association naga which i find it interesting that they put that in the story uh wrote on twitter now x that the group along with the founder and president eunice davison have sent a letter to the washington commander's ownership and key leadership formally requesting the team revitalize its relationship with the American Indian community and rightfully change their name back to the Redskins. I still call them the fucking Skins. Exactly. You know, in a letter that, yeah, I just call them the WTFs now. I mean, you know, that's that's a different... Or we say Washington the football team. Yeah, Washington the football team, right? Uh, in a letter that addressed... Uh, yeah, and the funny thing is I got that from a from a Skins fan, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. In a letter that addressed what, what, the, what the group called the cancel culture against the Native American population and the erasure of its steadfast role in the American history, including serving as counselors to the founding fathers in the creation of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, the whole big reason why they said they were changing the name was because it was derogatory against Indians yeah, or Native Americans. Um, 
Here you have an entire council saying, guess what? We're not offended by this. If you don't change it back, we're going to boycott your asses. I say thank you for your courage and kudos to you guys for standing up for what you believe in. Yeah. The letter talked about the history of the Washington football team and its relationship with the Native American community dating back to its 1933 season when they were named the Boston Redskins. We know they were in Boston first. At this moment in history, we are formally requesting that the team revitalize its relationship. Yes, by, uh, by changing its name back to the Redskins, which recognizes America's original inhabitants and using the team's historic name and legacy to encourage Americans to learn about, not cancel the history of the American tribes in our role in the founding of this great nation, the letter read. I can agree with that completely. I have a small amount of Native American uh, heritage, and I'm sure, you know, most people do. And just in general, I've interacted with a lot of uh, Native Americans on the reservation when I used to drive a truck out in the Midwest or, um, you know, the Southwest, Arizona, New Mexico and whatnot. They're amazing people. And if you just sit and listen to some of the things that they say, they're very profound and they make a lot of sense. I've always been very deeply fond of the Native American culture. And I'm really sad. We missed the powwow that was happening. I think it was last weekend in uh, Middle Tennessee. I really wanted to go to that because those are an amazing display of the heritage that they have. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I have, I certainly have some of that in my in my history as well. Um, well, there you go. I mean, that with the shit that the the fucking white men did to the Native Americans, it's just fucking disgusting. I mean, my friend Tappy is Native American. Yeah. And oh my God, she's got the most gorgeous cheekbones and long dark hair. Like, shit, girl, I'm jealous. Yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she, she, she's, she's pretty, a great person. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's beautiful. I mean, I, I, I can't, she is, she's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Okay. And what is also gorgeous, we have, so it was the last call, we got another voicemail that came in. That's right. And if you want to get in under the wire, 253-237-3321, we want to know what your favorite leftover is. And here's the caller. Hey. Uh, definite respect to the NSNG, uh, lifestyle. It is a very good choice. I personally have to, uh, consume three to 5,000 calories a day. I'm very active and, uh, just to maintain my 6-1-220 physique. <laughs> anyway, um... <clears throat> I've got other comments about your doctor doctoring segment. I'll contact you later. But uh the no, leftovers, leftovers, best best leftovers, I have to say, bar none without a doubt, when I cook a bunch I mean a bunch, we're talking twenty pound plus worth of pulled pork on my smoker. And then I vacuum seal and freeze the leftovers. Oh, God. It is so good to break into and warm up with some more seasoning, sauce, soy, etc. Oh, wow. I just had a Phoenix moment there. Excuse me. But, yeah, definitely lots of pulled pork. The fats help it... Uh, freeze better without, you know, over drying or, um, you know, breaking up, losing moisture in the freeze process. But, uh, yeah, definitely <clears throat> pulled pork leftovers, FTW. Adios. Lotus blossoms. 
<laughs> Thank you, Sir Mike Cross. Yeah, it's nice to yes. hear you back on the podcast we again, are so Dr. Happy. Sir and Mike you know Cross. what? I'm all about that whole pulled pork thing. I told Phone Boy like two weeks ago we needed to do a uh, – we needed to pull the two pork butts that we have in the freezer out and smoke them and then – pull and freeze the meat for that exact and in the vacuum sealer the whole nine like we do that exact thing because held to the yeah one it takes like 18 to 20 hours worth of smoking for a good pork butt so that that's definitely a commitment and and not one to be taken lightly so definitely freezing it vacuum sealing it mm, hell yes yeah exactly i was thinking about them going damn yeah I'm, i want i want some freaking uh yeah, we, yeah, we're gonna have to do some. We have to do some more pulled pork. I think. I so. think we actually have a package in the freezer. I think I came across it recently. <laughs> so if I'm right and it's what I think it is, we will have to have it maybe this week. Yes. Because I know I put that Anna dust, that barbecue dust on that butt, and drive you wild. Yeah, exactly. I think we. Yeah, this is this is uh, we need to we need to eat some of the leftovers we got. We I know we got some. Uh, we've got well, we some... got another quarter cow coming in like two weeks, or actually now a week, I guess. Yeah, well, that's when they sent it to the processor. I think is because it's because it, yeah because because it because it probably will be oh no oh. no she delivered the cow last week okay got or it. the beginning of this week okay so in two weeks I'm going to be getting a phone call going how do you want me to slice and dice this big bitch yes. So very shortly, we will have another load of cow coming into our freezer. Yeah. But you're right. We do have leftovers we need to get rid of. And also, there, you know, pork butts with that barbecue dust is the only butt you're allowed to be in love with other than mine. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that butt's not going to be in a sandwich anyway. <laughs> so, uh, or not that I would put it on bread anyway. But uh, No, but you're always wanting to stop me up with a biscuit, so. <laughs> well, all right. On that note... Um, Wait a minute. I'm so fucking over this. Yeah. I'm not the only one who misfires <laughs> clips, sir. Exactly. All right. I think we're gonna end we're gonna end this shit show and it goes something like this. this. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Yeah, there we go. All right. I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to stop this recording because, uh, yeah, I want to stop this recording. Uh, so we are actually, so we're, we are, we're not quite done yet, y'all. 